Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Meet and Vault podcast and the Song of Ice and Fire reread podcast focused on the female point of view chapters. I'm Court. And I'm Mike. Yep, yep, yep. We back. And this week, episode 14, we're back with Kat. Kat. Our favorite. Our best friend. Yeah, she's the best. Again, no shade to anybody else. We just really like Kat. Yeah. So. All the characters are great in their own ways. Yeah, they're all great. But Kat's better than them. She thinks so too. Yeah. Okay. That actually... She doesn't, but anyway. Yeah, let's get into the summary. Yep, yep, yep. So Kat's back, and she's making her way to her sister's house in the Erie after arresting Tyrion Lannister at the Crossroads Inn. After a series of attacks on the high road by the infamous mountain clans of the Vale, her escort makes it to the Bloody Gate, where she's met by her uncle, Brendan Tully, who offers them safe passage on their way to the mountain fortress. At a checkpoint, also known as the Gates of the Moon, Kat learns that her sister wishes for her to come in haste, like right now, leaving Kat to abandon her party and make a treacherous night climb on the back of a mule with the help of the bastard Maya Stone. After a rather fearsome ride up, Kat makes it to the castle in the sky and is greeted by her sister Lysa, who's much changed since she'd last seen her five years ago. And that's it in a nutshell. Lots of twists and turns in between, but you know already, though. We're going to get into it, so. Yeah, so. so let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of want to open up a little bit, uh, with a little bit of backdrop, not too much, but last time we see Kat, she was getting her dudes to like arrest Tyrion in, in the bar in. Yeah. The, in the crossroads. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, since then, when we come in on them, they are now right at the front door of the Vale of Aaron. Before that, however, on their journey, there's been some trouble. And when she first gets there, she's greeted by a man called Donald Wainwood. And he's just like, oh, it's kind of dangerous for y'all to be coming up here um, with the, the the mountain clans and everything out like that. And of course, right now, she's she's already noting that. She's like, yeah, okay, we've kind of run into them. And there is a direct quote. So I'd like to start with that if yeah, you're cool with we can that. go ahead and start there. All right. So sometimes... She felt as though her heart had turned to stone. Six brave men had died to bring her this far, and she could not even find it in her to weep for them. Even their names were fading. So, when I read that, first thing popped in my head was, damn, that's a lot of dudes to miss. And also, how many dudes did she, like, were we ever sure how many she started out with? I don't know what our grand total was, but off the bat, we're learning that at least six have died yeah, yeah. On, on this journey. And um, yeah, I don't know if there's a, a total number mm-hmm. for the party. Like, I guess we get a rough estimate a little later. Like, we'll learn about, like, other people who've made it all the way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the start, it's just like, hey, some people decided to go with them up this, up, yeah. this, up the high, ro- high yeah. road, mm-hmm. up to, you know, up to the Erie. And yeah, so she's lost six. Um, And that was wild, because I, I mean, not to, obviously she would have had to have people besides herself and Roderick bringing Tyrion up there, and obviously she called in a lot of people. I just really wasn't sure what the total number of the starting crew was. Yeah. Um, But the second thought I had was, this reminded me so much of last week when we talked about Sansa and how she felt at seeing Sir Hugh die at the tourney in the joust. And um, it it was just the idea that, like... You mean the week before? Last week was Arya. Yeah, the week before. Yeah. Sorry, not last week. You're right. So it just got me to thinking, and you can chime in anytime when you think about this, just the idea of like how Kat is taken and she's typically taken as like a colder character. 
so to speak, which I really don't understand. She has so many feelings all the time. Um, the same as Sansa about them, you know, not really weeping for strangers or really caring for that because, you know, mm-hmm. specifically, I don't know, even in today's, by today's standards, it's femininity means to be a very specific way. And if you're not warm and gentle all the time, kind of, it's, it's kind of a very like, undesirable should, trait to have. Should you feel sad for people that you don't know? So here's the thing. So let's explore that, right? She feels that she should feel bad, but she doesn't. And that's where the guilt comes in, right? So it's the idea that they took on a task for her at her request mm-hmm. because she, as the daughter of their lord, as their of their liege, she didn't command, but she greatly suggested that they partake in this mission okay. for her. So feel bad for that then. Like, she, but here's the thing. The thing is, so it's that it's that internal struggle of do I feel bad? Because I should when I really don't or do. And again, it's not that she doesn't feel bad. It's just that she has so many other things that she's thinking about right now. And that's why I think it, it kind of this whole entire chapter kind of encapsulates cats like her. Her weariness is catching up to her and she's finding it very, very difficult to keep up with appearances. And she's keep finding it very hard to continue with the facade that she has to kind of wear all the time. Yeah. And it's very funny because when we get to the the height of the chapter or, you know, the end when she finally does confront Lysa, you can kind of see that Lysa's kind of feel that she's felt that way for a minute. And she's just like, I'm, I I don't have anything kind of holding me back. And it's, it's very interesting. We'll get there. I didn't want to, I just, I thought that quote was very interesting because it, it really did mirror stances very well. Um, and it kind of brings me into then her, knowing that she has this this task to do mm-hmm. and knowing that she's asked these people to do these things and then still kind of expecting for the people along the way to kind of still help her. But she's kind of met with opposition because when she gets there, the first thing Donald's just like, yo, do you have a, you got a, you got an invite? Because I can't really be letting people in the door if you don't have an invite. Yeah. And she's just like, what are you talking about? Do I have an invite? And I'm her sister. Yeah. I should just be allowed to come here. Yeah. And like, he. Very quickly, because again, as humans, when we talk a lot about like class structures and, and social graces that people sometimes forget. And he's just like off the bat, he's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. you know, your your sister is blah, blah, blah. And then he remembers who he's talking to and just like, oh, wait, I am so sorry. I did not mean to speak out of turn. I'm really sorry. And Cash is like, it's all good. But in her head, she starts kind of making excuses for why what the, the information that he's telling her can't be right. It can't be true. Mm-hmm. It can't be real. Because, you know, all of this is the Lannisters' fault. All of this is my sister is just, like, she's really scared about the Lannisters. So, but it, I think, uh, I think sometimes with her, yeah, the version of that person kind of clashes with the reality oh, yeah. that people try to present to her. Yeah. So, like, Donald up front is saying, hey, Lysa is actually brand new. Um, are you sure that you're, I mean, you're supposed to be here because you're her sister. That's cool. Are you sure you didn't tell her up front what you were doing? Because like she is she expecting you? And I think that that's that's an expectation that we get from a lot of people throughout the rest of this chapter, Mm -hmm. all asking her, Mm -hmm. hey, did you call ahead? Did you RSVP? Um, Did you not just not show up because we weren't specifically Lysa was not expecting you? And I think that that says a lot for the way that 
even the people around her who are, I guess, like in I, I, I'm saying indebted to her house, but like they're pledged to her house to protect her, still have a way that they feel about her, that they're not shy about sharing in their own way. Uh, like they're we not can talk about that later it. because yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, no, because they kind of it's weird because in a way they are outwardly saying they are saying it, which is why he kind of had to take himself back. And we'll see it in a little bit. And I don't want to talk about Brendan yet, but we'll see it when Brendan starts talking about her as well. Because at this point, I mean, Donald is somebody who is a bannerman, right? Mm-hmm. Or somebody who at least works for her. He works yes. at the gate. And and when we say her, clearly they have to deal with Lysa because she's the adult in the room. But really, they're all there because of Robin and most importantly, because of John, who is now dead. So all that loyalty is really there for, mm-hmm. for, for like John Aaron. And John you know Aaron. what I mean? So it, it, it's interesting because again, like the respect that they maybe should have for it. Cause I mean, I would guess that she would be Robin's regent, right? Mm-hmm. It, it kind of is very lacking. And it's very interesting because Kat is just so, she's worried about the mental state of the person that she thinks is her sister, the sister that she remembers. Mm-hmm. So she's just like, oh, of course she's acting a little strange. She's terrified for her son. Her husband was murdered. These people are dangerous. They're bad. They're terrible. Yeah. They're just like, okay, <laughs> cool. Okay. It's like, no, yeah. y'all don't get it. Like yeah. the dangerous people were trying to deal with yeah. that right now. And I need her help. That's why I'm here. And she's, yeah. And they're just like, not really trying to hear it, but she's also really not trying to hear them because again, her mental image of her in the past is so strong that she just can't, she can't let go of that. And they're just like, okay, well, we're not going to let go of that, which it actually begs a question then. Now, I just thought of this. Like, why do you think it is that, actually, no, I know why it is, and and we're going to get in that to a minute. So before we get to the reason, I almost, I answered my own question. I was going to say, you answered your own question that you didn't ask. I was going to say, why did they let her in in the first place? And we're going to get into that. But before we start talking about this, so Donald, he's asking the the right questions, really. Mm -hmm. And he sees that she is, well, because Cash just like, well, we have a prisoner to take with us. And he's looking back and like, it don't really look like nobody's a prisoner because Tyrion, who is supposed to be the the prisoner, he's chilling. He got a whole axe. He got a whole dirk. He got a horse of his own. He's He's not not tied up. He's, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this, this little, 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 the, the people who are left. Who's left behind? And then we're going to talk, we're going to tackle Tyrion yeah. last. Okay. And then, yeah. So I don't know if you want to like, talk about that no, or. No, like, let's talk about who else is in this party. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I know we have Marillion. Uh-huh. He survived. How? Because he has a little bit of peach fuzz and he's a man grown now. I guess. Um, <laughs> Bronn, the sellsword, has survived. Why did he come? I mean, he came because he smelled money. Facts. And he's a sellsword. He sells a sword. Right. That makes sense. And he realized that Tyrion is kind of just like hemorrhaging cash because yep. it doesn't matter to him. Yep. Uh, Roderick is here. Man. And he's OG, in danger. OG. Um, he's all slashed up. He's sick. He's basically falling from his horse. Um, they wanted to leave him. They, Braun wanted to leave him. Yep. And Kat was like, psych, that's not happening. Yep. Also, we don't leave our friends. No. Um. It's good, though, because his beard is coming back finally. Mm-hmm. And that felt good because I was worried that, like, his beard had gone all the way. Yeah. Um, and obviously Tyrion is is here. Um, it doesn't say anyone else specifically named. So I don't know if they're, like you said, I don't know if there are any other soldiers in their yeah, party yeah, yeah. from, like, the other houses. Mm-hmm. But So right now, I'm just assuming that the people that are with her 
are the people she named because this is who made it. Like these are the like people the that red, left. This is it. Well, I know that there were a, a, a soldier or two. Somebody had a fever. No, somebody died of fever. Yeah, I don't know. So maybe this is all. You're that's, right. I think all that's though. left. Yeah, I think that might be. But yeah, it. well, Tyrion's here. Yep, and you know I have a direct quote. Okay. Before we get to start talking about yeah. all this stuff, so keep in mind when I'm when I'm reading this quote, and I don't know how you felt when you read it, but think about how she feels about this person, this other human being that is with her that she's taken into her custody, right? So it starts off, could I be wrong? Catelyn wondered, not for the first time. Could he be innocent after all of Bran and John Aaron and all the rest? And if he was, what did that make her? Six men had died to bring him here. And that was, she thought that to herself after Donald had questioned, you know, if he's your prisoner, if he's like, if he's not, you know, your enemy, why is he not in chains? Why is yeah. he not? He looks happy. He's chilling. Yeah, he looks like he's chilling. So she starts to kind of doubt herself for a minute, which it, it, it always remains interesting to me when this happens. Like, to be fair, I'm going to put it out there, y'all. I'm going to put it out there. We know that she's wrong. We know that Tyrion didn't do these things. At this point in the book, I don't know. If we're supposed to know that, I can't really remember that. But at this point, actually, no, because I'm pretty sure we get his POVs because, again, we're not reading his POVs. So we don't. I'm pretty sure by this point, though, you, you're supposed to be really sure that he right that he didn't do this. Yeah. But all of the evidence that she has gathered, all of the the trials and tribulations that she has gone from her home in Winterfell all the way down across the country, down the sea, gotten all kinds of hurt, got messed up and mixed up with Littlefinger and Varys. The letter that Lysa sent her, everything points to her knowing for certain that this person did the yeah, thing. That her she suspicion did. is less a suspicion and more an understanding. Yes. Based on all the facts that she has in front of her. Exactly. But it's so it, it's still funny though, because she still has these doubts and these doubts don't really necessarily come up until other people around her that just point out personality wise that they like this person or personality or not even personality wise. Yes. Personality wise, but also other people looking from the outside in like, Oh, well he is not in chains. So what's going on? Does she remember that? Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I could be wrong about all this because at this point, what we know, because we didn't get this from a point of view, I'm just running it down. We know that, Tyrion did help out against the mountain clans, mm-hmm. which is what earned him a spot of not being chained up, which is what earned yeah. him I mean, his own horse. That's why he, why has, he has a weapon, why he has all these things. And I mean, at, after a certain point, if people keep falling, you need as many hands on deck as you can, which is kind of crazy that Tyrion even decided to help in people get the safety to, to possibly his own murder. It's kind of crazy. But... All right, but you're back at the gate. Why don't you chain him then? Well, she just got there, right? Okay. She just got there. I just think it's interesting because one is really similar because this is not going to be the first or last time that this it's not the it's the first time, but it's not the last time that's going to happen to him when someone has evidence that is very clear for other people to see that, that, that you've done something, which he's really not guilty of, but it's a completely different situation because he's chilling here. Like he's in a situation where I think because he can sense her doubt, because he can sense that maybe she can sense that he didn't do this that he's more comfortable and he's banking on her not harming him. I don't oh, know. So he can push his luck here then. Oh, he's definitely, he's totally yeah. pushing his luck. And if you look at this again, 
she's the the wrong party in the situation, right? Mm -hmm. And she's feeling bad about hurting him. Meanwhile, he's over there like, I'm cool. Nothing's going to happen to me. Like, he is so firm in his belief that he is not only innocent, but that he can charm his way, buy his way, or lie his way, or something like that, his way out of this situation. He does not take it seriously at all. He is chilling. Yeah, he um, doesn't have to. And he doesn't have to. And he's not even... He's 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 making jokes. Him and Bron are now best friends, and she. This irritates her to no end. This irritates her all the way. Um, and it's just it's just really. What reasons do you think? Like, why do you think that that is? Why do you do you even think it's worth discussing the differences in how they're both taking the situation? I mean, all throughout this chapter, at least the beginning of this chapter, there's a lot where. Tyrion is kind of letting her know exactly how it is that he feels about his situation. Which of course, is, he's comfortable. Mm -hmm. He like he's, he has his his axe, he has his dirk, he has his horse. He's been able to dice with Marillion, and I think a lot of the issue in this chapter and their differences comes from the way that he continues to address everyone around him, but more importantly, how he addresses her uh -huh. uh, while while they're they're in their travel. And, you know, that stays with her throughout the rest of the ascent, you know, up until until we get to the area right up in front of, of Lysa. Yep. And so much of the the ghost of that conversation with mm -hmm. him sticks with her throughout the rest of this chapter. I think so much we kind of get a chance to see here just how raw Tyrion can be when he feels like he has a little bit of rope. Oh. And <laughs> anytime he feels like he has leverage, like right now he knows he's he's captured but he still believes that he has the upper hand and that's why his position, his, his name, his name, it's, yeah. it's honestly just his name. His name buys him a lot of cred. Yeah. It gets him in a lot of doors that should be closed to him just in general. I, you know, not even getting into his stature, but like just as a normal person in this world, like how he should be able to move around. Yeah. But his agency has changed because his last name is Lannister and specifically because his father is Tywin mm -hmm. and because his brother is Jamie mm -hmm. and because his sister is Cersei. Mm -hmm. And he brings that up so frequently that it's almost like you would think that when you, when you talk about them, you know, we make our joke about the Lannisters TM, yeah. but in this case, there really is a, a understanding of the Lannisters TM oh, yeah. to him. Yeah. Because I don't think that they come piecemeal with him. It's like when you take the Lannisters, you take all of us yeah. or you kind of take none of us. But yeah. he also, I think, just in general, finds himself above the rest of them in a way that none of the others yeah. do. And I think like, that is what it is about Kat. So gender aside, so mm -hmm. the both of them obviously are going to take this differently because, I mean, she's a woman and she's been taught that she has to apologize for literally everything. So she's second guessing whether or not she's done something, not just to put herself in danger, but to possibly put her children and her husband's house and name and reputation in danger. Mm -hmm. But she really, truly, firmly believes this. And I think it's interesting because right after she has these thoughts, she says, resolute, she pushed her doubts away, which she's just like, nah, like I'm really not even going to let myself <laughs> settle on that. She's and like, I'm just I, like, she's good like, for I, her. I felt like that. Nah. for two seconds and i'm just like you know what good because she turns and she sees him and he's so again like you said because he's of free. his and he basically he's is free. and she's just like no i cannot let this continue but be because again she feels this sense of in in debt she, she she feels indebted to him because he did help save her life because yeah. he helped them on the road so she's like okay cool but at the same time she's at odds and at war with the fact that like 
Like it's very difficult for her to separate uh, an ally from an enemy she for women be. in general. But mm-hmm. for men, it's not. It's not that. It, it's it's cut and dry. It's like you could have helped me out. Wonder like if 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 Braun were in her position, Tyrion still would be murdered. It wouldn't matter. You know what I mean? And yeah. Braun is not even a named man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it it is very very interesting. Speaking of Braun, we know that she does not like him. And and, and really, the, you don't think so? Oh, I know she doesn't. And there's a quote about it, which I can read or I don't have to read because it's not really important. But the fact that she brings this up again, where when and we're going to talk about Brendan right now. I promise you guys. I promise we're going to get into that. But after Brendan comes and they're just like, hey, we're going to keep going, and they decide that Roderick is going to stay. Braun's like, he doesn't even ask. He says, well, I'm coming too. Yeah, so basically he doesn't a- he doesn't ask her if she- he's going to go. He tells her he's going. And she, again, points out the fact that she feels kind of indebted. She says she doesn't like the fact that him and Tyrion are so close now because something just seems shady to be back there giggling. Yeah, that's funky. And, and playing cards and dicing and stuff, and it's not cute. But she says that she feels like because Marillion asked her to go, so her courtesies come into play. And they keep her from, they basically keep her from listening to her, her gut, right? They keep her from everything in her instincts is telling her this dude is bad news. And eventually we know, and we're going to see that it doesn't get her, like her not listening to her gut and allowing him to come through gets her the exact opposite of the results that she wanted to get. Yeah. So, and, and, and we're not saying that that's good or bad. That's, it's just not listening to her intuition. It's, it's not listening to her intuition. I mean, for Tyrion, that's great. For her and Lysa, not so great. So I don't know where I was going with that. You really honestly just asked me if she liked Braun, and the answer is no. Then it doesn't really matter. So anyway, <laughs> Donald's Moving still on. trying to Yeah, Donald's still trying to like figure out whether or not he can let them in. And then all of a sudden you hear a voice and it's just like, well, who's here? Who's trying to get in? And it is Brendan Tully. Brendan the Blackfish Tully who is the younger brother of Hostelli, Lord of Riveron, and Kat's uncle. And you want to talk about Blackfish? Who is Blackfish? Okay. So you just gave the piecemeal version of that. And Brendan is Lysa, Kat, and Edmure's uncle. Yep. Brother to Hostelli. Yep. Uh, He is the known, the black sheep of the family, literally the black fish his emblem in the story around it is as ridiculous as it sounds <laughs> he basically took the name as a joke and he's like yeah he didn't take it he made it up well no because they were like oh no well you're like the black sheep you're like the black or well, the Hoster black goat that. yeah that's what i'm saying so he's just like yeah you know what but our emblem's a fish you know what i'll be the black fish yeah and he made it up what i'm saying is he took the two and he pushed them together yeah and made a name yeah um but he's been here serving Lord Aaron and I guess now, you know, Lysa mm-hmm. um, at this gate. And I think she really got her uncle on guard duty. I mean, Can she talk about that. She doesn't want her uncle around her. Mm-hmm. And I think we start to get a little bit of why as him and Kat begin to converse. Yeah. Um, there's some of it there where even in the beginning, First off, he he starts off with like, yo, you kind of far from home. Uh-huh. It's like, well, so are you, uncle. Um, have you talked to your brother? The answer is no. Um clearly not. It's 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 
it's interesting because you get this version of this dude that she still has a a version of him in her head mm-hmm. as the girl at River Run. Um, speaking of like this is us getting back into like her feelings and and her power place, which is River Run, understanding yeah. that these people that are around her there give her a very particular type of influence. And she got a lot of influence because she said her dad liked to go out and progress a lot. He mm-hmm. was out, you know, chilling. And Brendan spent a lot of time with her yeah. when, you know, when, in her formative years. So a lot of the things I think that she feels about him, she even kind of reserves herself in the way that she chops on him. Like, cause she does it to everyone. Oh, she does everybody. And she does it to him a little like oh man he's getting some gray hair he's yeah, getting yeah. older yeah yeah like okay but like her, but nothing bad or anything not like saying it's yeah. anything bad but like a lot of her pushback for her uncle kind of comes in the way of once again another person is here explaining to her hey one did you click yes on the rsvp i don't think you did i also don't think that you know your sister the way that you used to because she is not the same girl who was in king's landing right it wasn't even the same girl wasn't even the same girl that's really interesting you say that though because now i mean the more i see i mean clearly that's i think what cat's arc is all about right it's we meet her at a very particular time in her 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 life and where we meet her and i i I say this probably every single cat episode but i think it's worth repeating because it's so important we meet her at a at a at a place where she's kind of been expected to be this one thing for the last 15 years and being that thing she's kind of forgotten what it's like to be this other thing and now all at once all this other thing is coming back to her which i think again is why she does go back to Riverrun. i think if i'm not mistaken this is the first tully relative that we meet like in actuality not just in her memory mm-hmm. and because we don't get to meet hosta yet we don't meet Edmure. We meet Lysa a little bit later, but we don't get to meet. And, and Peter kind of sort of matters. So now that yeah. Peter's been introduced, Peter's kind of always thrown in there because she does mention that Brendan was a good uncle to them. That like, you know, even though Hoster and him had their differences and their beefs because they would argue a lot. She says she remembers that they will argue a lot, but he always had a shoulder and a kind word for the kids and even Peter. You know what I mean? Even Peter like yeah. will go to him with his his issues and he will kind of take him under his wing. And it's interesting because she feels so, like you said, like she feels she 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 remembers him a very specific way. And she's very she endears herself like she's she remembers him fondly. She loves her uncle. Very clearly. She loves her uncle. I definitely believe that. But he kind of does the thing to her that he accuses her of doing to Lysa, which is I mean, he, he refers to her as a child all the time. And it's something that I don't I wouldn't say she's outrightly like mad at, but she corrects him on it often. You know what I mean? He's just like, okay, child. And she's just like, yo, I'm not I haven't been a child for a while. Like I'm a grown woman. Let's keep it real. Mm -hmm. Let's keep it real. And he 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 does this thing where he tends to make assumptions about her life based on things he's heard. But to be honest, she hasn't had any kind of close contact with any of her family since she's been at Winter Run, Winterfell, really. She's not really, she's not written to Brendan. She's not really, and I mean, she said that, you know, she barely writes to Edmure. Yeah, and Edmure keeps in contact yeah. with her. Um, But like with Brendan, she knew about him, but she doesn't really know him, like you said, no, now. And she doesn't know her now. And also it, it brings to mind, to say that she doesn't know him now is to like, do you ever really even know him as an adult? Because 
it's like when you grow up and like your parents are always going to be your parents, even though you're an adult and they're an adult, there's still a level of like closeness you'll never meet, like a level of equality you'll never meet because they raised you like they're mm-hmm. your parents and they can be as an adult, as adult as you want, but there's still a feeling that they make you feel. And, and that's kind of kind of how I got him trying to like impose his wisdom onto her where she kind of she wanted advice, but she didn't want to be coddled. She didn't want to be told what to do. She just wanted to be told that what she was doing was cool. Oh, I track that as that's a dude who is used to being in rooms where he is the prime dude uh-huh. and people have to listen to him also in this world where even for women who are in positions of like nobleship or, or, or leadership positions, which I guess there are so few, yeah, men still outrank them in, in, in every stroke. So here it's just, I, I read that is he gets to tell her the version of the truth that he believes because uh, that's that is the truth yeah. to him and no matter what it is that she thinks or feels like at the end of the day yeah like i have to keep calling you child because like i'm letting you know i, I don't really even see it as i do you call it like infantilization it's more yeah, like of course it is he needs her to be in a station lower than him because she's i don't a know woman. about station but just like that's that so that's what i'm saying so it's, like, it's, it's all girl, wrapped up in all that she should outrank she outranks him, him. Clearly, but he can but still talk down to her because, again, that's the age part of it, too. So, again, it's the same thing mm-hmm. where it's one. Yes, she is a woman, because here's the thing. When we see later, he going to talk the same way to Edmure. So that that yeah. and Edmure absolutely outranks him. So that shouldn't but even that's work. an age thing. It's it's the thing where I am your elder. I knew you when when you were a child. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me what to do. Like how many people that are like family friends that you call aunt or uncle or something like that. And like, they, they think that they, they going to just be able to talk to you in your kind of way. Cause they knew you when you was a kid. And it's just like, yeah. yeah. Ma'am or sir. <laughs> Who? It's what? Like, calm down. Calm down. Dude. Chill out. <laughs> yes. Okay. But it's interesting that's, that you bring right. that up though. Cause like, let's talk about his version of the veil because mm-hmm. what we get and we'll get into a little, like, so cat actually gets like, so many windows of what the veil is like through through different people in this chapter. She's already had her opinion of it through Ned because, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but Ned grew up here. So Ned has, to- has told her things, mm-hmm. but her uncle's trying to, he's like, well, I have the real, real. And I want to tell you exactly what's going on now, right here yeah. today. And I get the feeling again, like you said, like it's not that he's not knowledgeable, but he has a very specific point of view that lends itself to him telling cat things in a very specific way that may or may not be, well, we know that he don't have all of the information because he's not, because he's not privy to what Baelish and them are doing. So he doesn't really know. No. He thinks he knows. He has his, but he don't really have an idea. And, and it's funny because, and I thought about that. Um, I'm going to read a direct quote that he has about Lysa, because again, like you said, he's another person who is telling cat that I have the real on what Lysa is doing. I know Lysa. Um, you don't let me tell you this. So he starts telling her basically that, you know, Lysa may not really be in her right mind, that she's kind of came up here, you know, at hey, she mm-hmm. left King's Landing. Um, he he starts talking to her about the um the prospect of her being married again because John's, you know, dead, but now a lot of men because her son is just a child, he's six years old. <clears throat> A lot of men are now vying for her attention so that they can marry her, so that they can rule through her, which I want to talk about real briefly, but I'll read exactly what Brendan says to Kat about that. He says, she enjoys the sport, but I believe your sister intends to rule herself until her boy is old enough to be Lord of the Eyrie in truth as well as name. 
and at any point cut me off because I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna no, go. I mean going to it. I'm I'm interested in why you pulled that quote. <laughs> well, because again, like specifically in this sect, I don't know what it is specifically about uncles trying to teach like nieces like lessons of how they should be ruling, like specifically uncles that are not the eldest or 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 that do not outrank their niece when it comes to like secession and they think that they're doing bad jobs in ruling. I can le- think of at least three cases. Okay. And one of them is this case right now mm-hmm. um, that they would never talk to their nephews like that. They would never. Th- and again, regardless of how you feel about Lysa's mental state or how she's doing business, I don't understand why the first move is to start talking shit about her to other people that's outside the family. Because here's my thing. These other people shouldn't even know. Like if I'm Brendan, first of all, like you said, I do agree with you. I think Lysa has gotten him out the way. Part of that might be Peter, but also a part of that is because she don't really trust people in her family for reasons we will uncover in the years to come. But his first thought is that, okay, well, he has no problem with the idea that there are men coming to try to marry Lysa. Oh, because no, not at he, all. I feel like he believes that a grown man will be able to better rule the boy and the Erie than Lysa can. And there's there's something that we're gonna get to way down the line, which we're gonna come back around to that. But um, I, I I I just don't understand why his first instinct isn't to go and help his niece himself. Why his first instinct is to be like, well, she's unfit and she can't do these things, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna admonish her for it rather than try to go and help. And I really it's just funny because when when. Kat's first response was, well, a woman can rule just as well as a man. Like, what's wrong with that? Like, I run a household all the time. And he's just like, well, no, the right woman. It has to be a very specific type of woman, which that thought would never even occur to somebody about a male. No, you're absolutely right. We're thinking about the fact that Robert Aaron, her six-year-old son, nobody questions the fact that this six-year-old sickly little boy is the Lord of the Eerie. Now, they it's not that they don't question it. Like, they know that it's... Is not a good thing, but they're they're not willing to take away his power. They're not willing to. I'm saying they, for the most part, the lords of the veil, Peter Baelish excluded. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, there because again, that that by law is recognized as somebody who, because of his sex and because of who he is. Like now, if he was a little girl, there would be so many more conversations being had about it. But he is irrevocably the Lord of the Eerie. Yeah. But it's not okay for his mother to want to rule through him. Now, again, like I said, regardless of her ruling style, regardless, because again, we don't know the intentions or, or the skill set or the ruler, uh, you know, we don't know the, the, the skill level to which they would be good rulers. We don't know that. No, but it's, it, 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 it's just crazy to me that it makes more sense for her to have a husband that is capable than for her to just do it herself. It is so mind boggling to him that she wouldn't want to take a husband. It's so mind boggling to him because again, also he don't know his knees. He does not know his knees. He does not understand why he just, and like, it's crazy to him when he says, I believe she wants to do this. And it's just like, he's uncovered some kind of crazy, crazy, like, Unsolved mystery. Like, I can't, can you, let me tell you this crazy idea, this theory that I have. I Lysa think. Lysa says she's going to do it on her own. Lysa says she's going to do this by herself. How scandalous. And it's just like. It's like, oh, I thought that was actually something to be worried about. Oh, that's it? And Cash is like, oh. Okay. Okay. 
Like, I mean, I can't blame her. Her husband just died. So you got to give her time to grieve, which that's not enough. Uh, Also, you know, like she's kind of scared right now. Like I could understand that, but this is not something that, like you said, Kat really is equipped to kind of combat her uncle on at this time. Not right now. Not here. Um, Not is the way they've been traveling. Not as weary as she is right now. And then just the way that she doesn't feel like she can combat some of these men that talk to her in this way. No. Um, And yeah, he goes on and he says, well, you know, like, just so you know, like she wasn't really happy in her marriage because he has all the gossip, but he don't have no solutions for helping Lysa out. So he's like, yeah, she know he was around Lysa. So he would know because he goes into the backstory of, you know, how her marriage was not made of passion. It was political marriage of which Kat says, so was mine. And he goes, yeah, well, you don't understand. Like you have had a happier marriage. Lysa has lost a lot of babies. She has had two stillbirths and twice as many miscarriages. And to which I say that is one, absolutely sad. One that alarm bells should be going off. Like what is happening here? That is, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Not today, maybe, or maybe today. But why is the measure of a happy marriage how many living, healthy children one has? Because he, how many, he, how many boys do you? That's have? all he mentioned. He didn't say, well, you know, because I know Ned treats you this way, and because, and this is again something that I know that people are probably gonna be like, why do you keep going back on John? It has to be something more than just the fact that she, in my head, because if he's only going, it's either something wrong with Brendan, or he knew something about John Aaron and Lysa's marriage contrary to that of Ned and Katz because he doesn't really know Ned and Katz marriage other than the fact that they have five living children yeah, he doesn't he? know he anything doesn't know anything else that's so. what I'm saying so what what are you actually measuring this on and it's just funny to him because he's just like you know she's so he, he keeps coming back to the idea that she's so incapable of doing this she's fragile mm-hmm. she's messed up and it's funny because like partially it's true she is very messed up but she's not as ignorant to the situation as any like and it's funny because he thinks he has all this information, but he don't know nothing because she is playing literally everybody. At this moment in time, Lysa is sitting upstairs thriving, knowing everything that's going on that nobody else knows. The only thing she doesn't know is how Baelish is playing her. But that's also, neither here nor there. Also that her sister is coming to her house with Tyrion Lannister. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, she knows now. They sent Ravens well, I mean, up. she knows now, but what I'm saying is she was not prepared for him to like deal with this. Yeah. That has nothing to do with me. No. No. And I think it's, again, it, it just calls into question where Brennan Blackfish is one of those characters that most people, they they adore him. Like, he's the cool uncle. He's great. He's badass. He's this, he's that. But I like, feel like that's like a lot of, of the older characters in this story that people just like, they kind of like wrap their fingers around him. And it's like, oh, look, they say funny, snarky, like one-liners. Yeah. And then that's it. But it's like, if we're looking at this and we're trying to be as critical of this yeah. as we are in everything, which is the yeah. reason behind this region yeah. in general, it's we have to look at the underneath. Like, why is he doing these things this way? Well, he's been conditioned. He's been literally trained and groomed to act a particular way with women in his life in general. Yes, but, but he also so- is, he was, but then think, listen, you brought up a really good point. He was groomed and trained to act a particular way that he himself rejected yeah he moves so away the from fact that, that he does not understand lisa wanting to reject this but it's okay he for him his brother the reason that him and his brother have beef is because he literally did not want to take up a marriage he didn't want to get married and he didn't want to contribute to his family line he doesn't understand it because he's not a woman that is literally bred 
as stock yeah. so that they can go somewhere and be married to some person to mm-hmm. help the politics of whatever that area is. Yep. Like, I hope we get into it. We really need to talk about John Aaron and how nasty he is. See, and that's what I'm saying. I. It doesn't have will, to be right now. No, it doesn't have to be right now. And I'm still, no I'm still building a case. There's no way that we can't talk about or we can't not talk about Lysa's like the danger that she's in and the reason why she makes the moves that she makes because she feels like she has no other choice because of what's being like forced upon her and that's everyone from Hostetelli that's Brendan Tully that's Edmure that's not I mean I guess I'm not I'm I'm calling Edmure because I just see another male that that pushes that narrative of like here's what women should do and just be comfortable with that maybe Edmure didn't but she was kind of removed from that I guess she was already going at that point but like Everyone around because I'm not. Here's the thing. I'm not here saying that every single male in Westeros is a bad person, or that every, or to say that even if they exhibit certain things, that they are the reason why this particular woman is messed up. Like I'm not. And again, does Emir benefit from the patriarchy? Of course he does. He benefits from it greatly. But I don't. I can't blame him for Lysa. But what I will say, and I'm this going to be the last thing, and it's, it's kind of an offshoot, but it's very interesting to me that. Nobody bangs with the Lannisters, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody bangs with the Lannisters. But Robert and and Brendan, so Brendan is relaying this information to lights to Kat, Kat. Yeah. As she's trying to get all the pieces. She's trying to pull all the pieces together as they're because at this point now, what they're doing is they've they've dropped Roderick off. He's getting his his treatment. They are now moving through the bloody gate and they're gonna go to the gates of the moon, where then they will start the ascent to the eerie which is like there's like three castles in between there's there so steps <laughs> he's like all right i'm gonna get y'all there i'm gonna get you to the bloody moon or the moon the gate of the moon is that what it's called it's called the gate of the moon. anyway you know what i mean i don't know ask mushroom you know oh shush um yeah they're gonna get there so he's talking to her while they're making this journey he's filling her in before she gets to where she has to go and one of the things he lets slip is that traditionally the Warden of the East is the Lord of the Eerie, but we know that the Lord of the Eerie is now a six-year-old boy who a lot of people think of is very sickly and is, mm-hmm. they're not confident in his ability yeah, to rule. they don't think he can. So Robert... In all his wisdom. In all his wisdom, has named Jamie Lannister the Warden of the East. I think I wrote down in my notes, how, why, how, what, how. How. How? How? Lands and titles. Can't have them. He cannot have lands or titles. And I get it. Like, the he's allowed to have one in the King's Guard. And that's Lord Commander if he's voted on by his other brothers. I don't understand this whole... I've, the same way that I don't understand how Tywin is supposed to be so smart and all-knowing. And he's still walking around calling this man his heir. Like, the delusion. But really, of but, all the people... It was just the most ridiculous. Like, it's crazy. And line. I get it because it's just like, all right, well, it's supposed to show you how much influence the Lannisters have. And I still I'm still not buying it because like he hates them. all. I mean, yes, he's indebted to Tywin, but he could have just gave it temporary to Tywin. But again, this goes to show how little regard they have for like female regents and women that are like didn't even wait. He was just like, yeah, uh, Jamie, you're the warden of the east if he wanted to bring lisa back into the fold he could have just named her interim warden of the east yeah but you can't do that in this country you can't do that I mean, that's crazy robert can't he would never even think about 
He sat in a room and said, Jamie, can I talk to you? You want to be wearing the ease? Jamie probably said no. He said, I don't think I can. He's like, you know what? Haha, <laughs> <laughs> you're wearing the ease now. Like, it's a joke. It's a joke. And I get it again. Like the setup is that you're, we're supposed to see how much influence these people have on the king. I still, like I said, I still don't buy it. I don't understand why Brendan would be excited by that fact. I don't think he was excited. He was kind of like, mm, "Did you hear what they did?" And by they, I mean the king. Did you hear what happened? And like, yeah. And that's why he was letting her know that like the lords of the area are really restive. Like they're not. Uh, yeah, they're not. So it's like they need. Cause they they're like, look, we we looking for a replacement, and which is also why a lot of dudes are trying to marry Lysa. I still don't get that because again, you marry Lysa, even if you marry Lysa, your kids aren't going to rule anything. It's it's all about the shadow thing, which for for Baelish, I understand, and I guess it would be the same for any lesser lord. Like, mm-hmm. it's better for somebody to rule in name and not at all. Yeah, they or just, rule they in all have, but name. They don't have Sorry. any faith that Lysa can do this on her own. They don't want Lysa to do it because they want to do it. Yeah. They'd rather have a dude. Yeah. There. And Lysa is like, nah, I really would rather not do that. The only reason she gets tripped up is because she's in love with Peter. And that's that's that on that. But um moving on, if unless you still have something to say. I mean, I still like it's he 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 continues to talk about everything that they're going through. Um she tells him the things that she thinks about things. And he, in so many words, tells her that, you know, yeah, I hope you're right. And she, 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 she made a mention of like his tone made it seem like, yeah. Like she had to be wrong. She's wrong. In some way. Yeah. And like, like and, but once again, it's, there are a lot of things that he says that are, are very pointed uh-huh. in the way that he does, but like his understanding of the way that Lysa is now, he might not understand the reasons behind it. Yeah. But he does see the truth in the change in Lysa. Yes. And, and that is that Kat, is true. That Kat is true. He's not willing to accept that. Not yet. No. Because sometimes we just we need to see a thing yep. for it to be tangible. Yep. Like it doesn't become real to us. And perhaps that's what it. he meant. Perhaps. And yeah. again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out here hating. I'm not like, oh, I'm not I mad at him for everything. But like he could he could be softer <laughs> in the way, especially with his, I'm gonna say, favorite niece. Come Did on. he call her his favorite niece? He has to be because it can't be Lysa. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> so yeah. Uh <sighs> moving on. Moving on. I no, you're Brendan. You're right. He got we we did yeah, we talked about the blackfish. Yeah. He does give a little bit of um history here. Yeah, as they're I walking is, through is interesting as they're kind of walking through this space. I know, like you had mentioned quickly that what is- Ned basically gives a lot of his reflections of what the area is because he was fostered here with Robert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of Kat's understanding of this place, which while I was reading this chapter, I'm like, wait, has Kat never been to the area? Kat's never been Kat's to the Kat's never nope, been she's to never this been spot. There. She's never been so there. So everything that she knows about this place, she's getting, you know, through either her sister or through Ned. Her sister, through Ned. History and, books. And, and through history books, like whatever, you know, Luan might have shared mm-hmm. with her. But We're like, growing up. Brendan is just like, he's like, hey, He's pointing these things out, just like, yo, here are all these like landmarks and stuff around this area in the Vale, which yeah. I imagine is very like it striking sounds so and breathtaking. Beautiful. Like, yeah. It sounds like absolutely like so beautiful. beautiful and serene. And it's like it's it's one of those like cool juxtapositions between the harshness of this world and this environment yeah. versus like what we get out of these spaces mm-hmm. and like why I think it's even more striking that like Lysa ends up finding herself in this space mm-hmm. and like surrounded by all of this this beauty and like basically the security mm-hmm. um one of the things that brendan brings up is this um this huge 
waterfall yep called Alyssa's tears yep and it's kind of like almost like a throwaway and i'm like i i ended up walking away from that being like one who the fuck is Alyssa? yeah like because he doesn't really talk about like what the stories and i know like sometimes george pepper stuff in there mm -hmm. where it's like hey look here's this cool thing here's this like little bit of lore yeah and i'm like i kind of want to know about this because normally he's just like hey here's this and he uses people to kind of say like here's why it's why here. yeah and he didn't and mm -hmm. i'm like what you got all this time to describe food <laughs> anyway so i looked it up and i like real quickly just wanted to go through this because I thought it gave me like a really cool understanding of the space and yeah. kind of like more about Lysa and Kat in the Eerie. Uh -huh. So it was like, um, Alyssa's Tears is a waterfall in the Vale of Aaron. Um, its name actually comes from Alyssa Aaron, mm -hmm. who was an ancient member of the House of Aaron who saw her family butchered before her and she never shed a tear. So no drops on the waterfall actually reaches the floor on the valley below. Yeah. yeah. Because didn't they say, like, apparently because she didn't cry while it was happening, she was kind of cursed after she died to cry for all eternity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's and, like, and, and again, I... You hear that and you, then you just immediately go, why is why? no one... One, why? But no, why is, like, no one ever protecting any of these women ever at and, all? And I, I went to look and I'm just like, all right, was the implication that she has something to do with it? And there's no implication. It was just the fact that no. this woman saw her family murdered in front of her eyes and she didn't cry. And that was enough crime to curse her forever so that she had to cry forever. Yeah, that's some real like, old, like, what? That's some Greek god, like, yeah. guess what? Oh, she didn't cry? Well, guess what? Now you have to cry forever. Well, how long? Forever, forever? Yes, eternity. And it's just like, that's sad that's so sad and i guess maybe that's why brendan doesn't tell the rest of that story anyway or maybe because people know it that is weird because he so uses weird. every other every other opportunity to. but just... you know what i think that they do bring Alyssa up in the next the next time we see cat because okay. i think there's there's something to do with the statue but that's that's fine by me i i just think it's very interesting that we end up getting so many cool little spots uh-huh while we're having this travel up to this next gate. Yeah, yeah. And at which they get to the gates of the moon. It's like Ben Royce is there. We have an issue. What's the issue? No, the issue is when she gets to the gate. Oh well yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So so all right, let me get some setup. So she gets to the gate and Royce is there. Which Royce is he again? Nestor Royce. Nestor. Nestor yeah, Royce. Nestor, Nestor Royce. Royce. He's there and he's basically he's the he's the commander of the gate up there and he basically is the he's the high steward of the eerie mm -hmm. and he's basically the one that's been running this the place since john aaron's been named Hannah the king and he's down in king's landing so basically royce has been keeping this place on lock and key he's been keeping it moving yeah. pretty well um and he gets there and it's it's a it's a it's a gate castle so that there's little spots in there they got food and everything up there mm -hmm. and he's just like okay cool because it's getting dark and brendan's like all right we made it here we'll do the rest tomorrow and Taryn's just like, yeah, man, I'm hype. I'm ready. I can't wait. Like, you know me. Like, I got to get I got to get some rest right before. And and, and Kat's ready to eat and everything. And mm -hmm. everything's cool. And they're just like, like you said, meh, meh. actually, milady, Lady Lysa said, you got to come upstairs like yeah, right she's now. Like, I, they, she put a rush on your order. You got to go right now. What? She's like, whoa. We've been it's literally tired. tired. We have to stop. Also, it's mad dark, bro. Because like the way that they describe the ascent to this castle at this point is that they're just like little tiny steps that horses can't even get up these jaws. Like They got to ride on the back of mules, like little tiny pack mules. And there's actually a point at which. So 
let me let me just describe this because we can kind of get into this later. But we, they're, they're, we're going to get into it now. The way that the castle is structured, it literally is kind of like a vertical, like straight up. So you have different way castles at each point so that you can kind of rest your horses, mm-hmm. get new mules, do your provisions, take a rest, whatever you need to do. Right now they're at the gates of the moon. You go a little bit ways on some goats. No, I'm saying goats on some mules. And then you get to stone. And stone is one way castle. And then you can kind of re-up, get some new mules. Then you make it to snow, which is higher altitude. There's snowy stuff. It's like the, the you know, where you can finally see the snow cap starting to form. So you can see how high up a mountain that is. And then you got to keep going up into another place called sky. Yeah. And once you get to sky, you're really, really high up. And so high up now that they couldn't even cut like real steps into there. You basically, after that, the mules can't even take you anymore to get to the area. You yeah, got to climb like climbing. a ladder. Or you can get in a basket. Mm-hmm. And so they're explaining all this to Kat. Tearing things is an invitation to say that, well, I don't do that. And I'm going to, if y'all climb up, I'm going to climb up because I can't have my dad thinking I'm out here sleeping. Because, you know, us Atlantises, we got to we gotta be strong and sturdy. So I can't really do the fruit basket thing. I'm sorry. And it's just like, nobody even ask you. You're not even going up. Yeah, actually, you're going to jail. Go directly yeah, to jail. Go directly to jail. We might give you some food. Get out of here. Cat is just like, you're telling me that in the dark, I got to make this. I got to make this trip in the actual dark. Lysa said right now. <sighs> all right. All right. Cool. Cool. That's a mess. And he's just like, no, it's good because I got a little homie. I got a little homie. And she is really good. Maya's like, I'm saying Maya. So before I get there, he said, I got a little homie. And now comes really cute, adorable girl that Cat thinks is about 17 or 18. She comes out and she's like, hey, I'm scrappy dude. Two. Senior. <laughs> I am f- sure-footed. I done made this this climb a million times. These mules are my absolute best friends. They listen to me. Mm-hmm. I know the business. Milady, I will get you there no matter yeah, what. No problem. Cassie's is just like, this is great. I love this girl. She's, she's like, going to get me there. She's so cool. And he's like, yeah, Maya Stone is the best. Cat goes, womp, womp. I felt that was more of like a record scratch. <laughs> and then it goes like, you might not know how I got here, but <laughs> I hate bastards. <laughs> I don't even think it's that she hates bastards. But speaking of, let me do my direct quote. Okay. If you're cool about that. No, go ahead. Catelyn had nothing against the girl, but suddenly she could not help but think of Ned's bastard on the wall. And the thought made her angry and guilty both at once. She struggled to find words for a reply. And... The reply to the question of would you be cool to go up and, and go with this girl? And she she's kind of like, I don't want to I don't want to offend this person. Mm-hmm. I've just met this person. I don't have anything personal against you. I'm just triggered. Yeah. She's like, I don't know you from campaign. And that's cool. And I actually was super cool. But and and I would like to talk about that, because, again, like I don't think it's as simple as and actually let me not be reductive towards you. I, I don't think she hates all bastards oh, no. per se. I definitely don't think I so. Think, I think again, it is it is a very sensitive subject, and the fact that she says that she felt angry and guilty because she knows again is is going back to like the the first part of the 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 read that like not the read sorry the first part of the chapter where we're talking about the simultaneous like should I feel guilty but also why mm-hmm. do I feel guilty feeling that she has combating with her and it's funny because the first emotion that she admits to feeling is anger. Anger at who? 
outwardly, yes, she's angry at John, but we've talked about this before in length. Man. She's really angry at Ned and she cannot be. She, she can't, can she can Ned. never tell him. She he can sh- never be mad at her. him. She can't be mad at him ever again. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like this girl who she don't know, she's never met this person, but she's just like, oh, you a bastard? Oh, I got thoughts and I have feelings. And I don't know where it's coming from. And I'm really mad at myself because I've just met you and I don't know what that means. But people can take that and be like, well, no, she she just she 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 prejudiced against bastards. She hate all but she's really trying her hardest to not be rude. She's just like, I can't. And 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 that that's not to say that even if you have underlying prejudice against people, that that's not also a bad thing. But it's the fact that she recognizes this mm-hmm. and she's not trying to do anything, but she cannot help the fact that she it is a hurt piece for her that her husband has a child outside of her marriage that he does not want to talk about, that he has never trusted her with the information I mean, about. If you can't so, ever move through it, she, then how do you ever deal with the issue at hand? Exactly. She never gets an opportunity to ever just go, well, let's confront this. Let's say, yes, hey, whatever. What's the deal with John? We mm-hmm. need to talk about him. Mm-hmm. Can we? Because she can never deal with that. No. She never has an opportunity to move through her own pain yeah. and her own feelings through what should not really be a huge issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big issue to her. It's yeah. enough that like she felt that she she was compelled to bring it to him and he shut it down. Yeah. So it's like And it's funny too. She can't talk about it. She can't. And it's also funny because right before she starts talking about her anger. She was just praising Ned because somebody had asked her about the steps. And she was just like, well, no, I know that they're they're carved this way. And isn't that right? Because she was fondly remembering all the things that Ned told her about mm-hmm. this place, which, again, is a good sign for me, because it's yeah. just like when we, when I think about them, sometimes I don't think that they have the most communicative relationship. All Even though it's amicable, I don't necessarily think they talk a lot just because I don't think Ned talks a lot. No, but there's but enough. There's there's stuff that he was just like, hey, I'm really wearing, willing to share with you. And then. Now we're going back to something that he is absolutely not willing to share with his mm-hmm. partner. And that's a hurt piece for her. And again, she's not rude to Maya. She's just kind of like. She's she's hesitant. She's like. And, uh, but she also knows, guess what? We we have we have to go. We got to do this. I guess so I got to. I have let's to do, do this. this with you. And um, so I I I understand. I understand it. And I'm more I'm more accepting of this response because I know that she doesn't say or do anything. She holds her tongue. She has a lot of thoughts. I ain't gonna hold you. She got a lot of messy thoughts oh, you know, about it. She doesn't it, say any of it out loud. But she doesn't say any of this out loud to Maya. And she she does end up, because what ends up happening is she really depends on this bastard for her life mm-hmm. after a certain point because they're going to start this descent and things get real scary. Real scary. I mean, she starts off with this whole, I'm a Tully, I'm a Stark, can't nothing scare me. You don't know. You don't understand. You don't get it. I'm I'm Cat Tully Stark. I mean, she was just making fun of Tyrion for his nonsense. So again, and here we go in circles. Um, but it's just very interesting because as they're making their descent, she starts to kind of. I mean, she starts to ascent. I'm sorry. As they're making their ascent, she starts to. I don't want to say get to know, but yeah, I guess that she gets to know her because the look. Because again, this is 17, 18 year old, and she don't got nothing to do. But like, and Cat's like really not interested in looking down, so she don't want to talk. So Maya just starts going off, and she's just like, "I got to tell you everything. Let me tell you, girl. Um, first of all, these go. I keep saying goats. These mules, yeah, the mules. are like they're short footed. They're cool. Like, look, they're gonna do whatever I tell them to do. They're gonna listen to me. She's she's telling her about like the scenery. She's telling all this stuff. Then she starts talking about her boo Michael, and she's just like, and Michael. 
He is the best. And he says that I'm probably half mountain goat because I can do all this stuff. And you don't understand. She keeps mentioning it. And Kat's just like, all right, clearly this little girl wants me to ask her who's Michael, right? <laughs> she's just like, all right. So. Yeah, she's kind of been like nagging her <laughs> to go. Just which is natural teenage, it. you know, behavior where it's just like, I want, I want something like I'm really interested in this thing older person don't you want to know don't you want to know don't you want to know and you know she's just like okay cool who's michael praise hell and she goes on and on and she starts talking about him and his name is michael redford and his dad is redford and we're gonna he's my love and i love him and we're gonna be married and that's gonna be it and we're gonna have a bunch of like mountain babies it's gonna be great like you don't even understand oh watch the step by the way keep going don't look down. It's kind of scary, but Michael, 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 Michael. Yep. To which I have a direct quote because you know, Kat can't like, she just like, oh, that's nice. Ha <laughs> ha. Good for you type thing. She, it, this quote is literally the epitome of bless your heart. It really is. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. But I'm going to go. It's a long one. And I have a lot to say. I'm just going to go. <laughs> she sounded so like Sansa. So happy and innocent with her dreams. Catelyn smiled, but the smile was tinged with sadness. The Red Forts were an old name in the veil, she knew, with the blood of the first men in their veins. His love she might be, but no Red Fort would ever wed a bastard. His family would arrange a more suitable match for him, a Corbray or a Waynewood or a Royce, or perhaps a daughter of some greater house outside of the veil. If Michael Redford lay with this girl at all, it would be on the wrong side of the sheet. Before I go into your thoughts. What is the wrong side of a sheet? You know what the wrong side of a sheet is. Come on, stop. No, I honestly don't. What is the Sexual wrong side relations of a sheet? outside of marriage. That's called the wrong side of a sheet? Yeah, it's like the wrong side of the bed. Yeah. Oh. Or like babies born on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah, like it's like you're not. Okay. It's not the marriage bed. It's. It's yeah. the only other bed. Yeah, it's like. The regular bed. Like you're doing the wrong. Like you're not. You're not. You're not making children or you're not having again sexual relations i hate that i said that like basically yeah you you we got it yeah okay yeah. so because i have does, like three does, pages of notes so go ahead why does cat feel this way why does cat feel this way like why why do you think cat feels because she has to feel this way cat is taught to feel this way cat is again she is a highborn girl who has been taught that her entire worth was her marriageability and her ability mm-hmm. to bear children for yeah, a great lord. Period. I agree. Why do you think it is that she can't reconcile that with what this girl's dream is? Like, she's just spouting off like, hey, here are these things that I'm excited about that don't really have to affect you. Why is that still a thing that she feels as though, like, hey, I'm not going to say it out loud, but like, her dream, her dream is dead. So why? Well, because she's a realist. Mm-hmm. And and here's the thing. So in honesty and truth, what Kat is saying is absolutely correct for the knowledge that Kat has. And, that, and, and I'm going to come back to that. And I say the knowledge that Kat has. For the knowledge that Kat has, this is a named boy, a boy from a great house. I don't even say great house. I mean, I guess that great house. To me, like, this is one thing I do kind of want to, like, I guess, pinpoint or, 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 or like set in stone. Like for me, I thought the great houses were like the wardens or the the people that were the the heads of the certain mm-hmm. regions. And then anybody below that, like you're from a you're from a named house, but that's not a great house. Anyway, that's not important. And Maya's a bastard girl. She's 
a bastard girl, which means that she is not true born, which means that her father has and her mother are not married and her mother is probably low born, which means she's only partially high born or yeah. or of the sort. What I mean by what Kat knows, I mean, let me run down some things that that actually would throw a wrench in, in Kat's theory before we get to it. Um, actually, before we get to that, I want to point out a good thing. The fact that she recognized a bit of her child in this girl. Mm-hmm. The fact that she, one, knows Sansa well enough. Like, I continue to be so impressed with the fact that she, and I shouldn't be impressed. I just guess maybe I'm just so used to the idea that Westeros is such a cold and hardened place that children... Yeah don't have a lot of nurture and they're not really allowed to be kids, but like she really pays so much attention to her children's individual personalities and wants and needs and fears. And I think that that is so important to me. Um, but she recognizes this in Maya who it's funny because like from the way she's dressed and the activities that she does, I mean, she literally, she dresses like, she doesn't dress in dresses. She dresses in, in comfortable no, clothes. So she dresses leathers and yeah. stuff that she needs to ride up. Yeah. And, down and that mountain. would be, seen typically as masculine so i would see that i don't know i could see more people comparing maya to somebody like aria, aria but, but she says something she's 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 reminded of sansa in this and i think that's pretty cool um the difference here being and again is it classist of course it is because how could you not be if that's all you're taught yeah that is the way of the world that's the way she thinks um for her it's okay for sansa to to dream like that it's okay for sansa to do that um because Sansa is a great lady. She's she's born of two very noble parents. Yeah. And she So she can think big. Yeah, but Maya it's sad for Maya to think that way because she's just like it's it's not you're not likely to do that. I it just it just brought back I thought like I mean I, just hearing like even teachers say things like this. Well, I, I had a teacher told tell me that I shouldn't, you know, aim to to go to a certain school or I shouldn't do those things because you know that might be too far out of your reach. Things like that. And and he, he, hearing like it, tell him I said it now that yeah yeah and and again you 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 listen to things which I'm glad that Cat didn't tell her that out loud mostly because it's none of her damn business <laughs> <laughs> for real for real <laughs> no that's legit and Cat's just like I'm good it ain't none of my business but it still doesn't take away the fact that people tend to have these opinions that people in a certain class or or social status that they, they don't they don't the world is not set up for them to be in certain places. So it, like, to me, it's, it's worse than it's, it's almost as bad as I don't say it's worse than, but it's almost as bad. It, there's two camps, right? There are the people that said these people should not be allowed in and people mm-hmm. who saying that people shouldn't do that because it'll hurt them. So basically on one, on one hand, you're excluding on the other hand, you're coddling and you're infantilizing a group of people. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? No, it absolutely okay. does. Um, but let me get back to my original point. What I was saying is the information that Kat has. So Kat's just looking at it like, oh, it's so sad. Like, I I really kind of wish this girl didn't have these dreams because it's not going to end well for her. Like girls like that, it doesn't end well yeah, for them. Sorry, you don't marry. She's always grown up thinking that she's the right kind of woman and there's a wrong kind of woman of which we will get into later. Because in this chapter, we have two people that are from the same family and one is considered a right kind of woman and the other is considered a wrong kind of woman, yep. which is very interesting to me. So it really doesn't have anything to do with that. It's again, where we continue to go back to the idea that Kat plays by the rules. Kat understands the rules very well and it's the safest thing to do, but she's also probably the most comfortable other than Sansa, who quickly learns that, that she's not really comfortable with the either. But 
because again, her her life was upended. Imagine if Sansa's life never went south, figuratively no, I got and, you. and literally. And literally, yeah. She would be a lot more comfortable. Like she would be a lot more like Cat in the sense that this is the way things are. I was fortunate enough to be brought in here. That's not my fault, and I'm going to live my best life. And that's kind of where Cat is at. Um, I agree. So she's just like, I really feel bad for you, but it's not happening. But little does she know. Little does she know. One, it's not really ever unheard of for bastard-born children to marry into high-born families. And let me explain this for a second. What we know of named bastards, because it's not all bastards. All bastards don't have names. And this is something I think when I was first getting into Song of Ice, Fire, and Game of Thrones, I was really confused by because I thought, well, everybody who wasn't a family name got either, like, got, like, a bastard name. Mm-hmm. One, that's not true because we have peasants that don't have last names at all. Like, somebody like Bronn. Bronn does not have it. He's not Bronn Snow, Bronn Waters. Or Bron- no, that he's not he's any of that. Bron. He's just Bronn because he's not even important enough to have a name, right? Until he gets one, which is a whole other thing. Somebody like Davos had to earn his name. He got knighted. He got given a title on the land yeah. and all that stuff. Or, or a title, rather. I don't know if he has lands. He might have lands. I don't know. I mean, his wife and kids live somewhere. Yeah, but I don't know if he has lands, though. I don't know if he, yeah, lands, don't know if he got lands. Because yeah, you can yeah. be a knight and you can have a name without having your own lands, too. That's no, another thing. you're right. You're right. Um, to be a named bastard. So we know Snow is from the North. Stone, apparently, is from the Vale. There's lots and lots and lots of other names. I can run them down all if you would like me to. Would you like no, me to? No, I'm good. Okay. Thank you. I could. No, because I know you could, and I didn't want to do okay. the, I'm the challenge because I can't do all of them. <laughs> I'm a little jealous. Oh, now, now I want to duel. All right, so I'm going to name an area. You have to tell me the bastard names. Okay. So North, Snow, Vale, Stone, Reach, Flowers, Westerlands, Hill, Crown, Waters, Dorn, Sand, Stormlands, Storm. Okay, you missed one. You actually missed two. Oh, Riverlands is Rivers. The Iron Islands, Pike. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Haha. <laughs> Anyways. Um, oh, also, and 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 Targaryens had their own as well. And that was Blackfire, but we ain't getting in there yet. We ain't getting in there yet. Um, so the fact that Maya Stone has a name to bring it back around means that her father was someone of prominence and that she was recognized. Maybe not publicly recognized, but she was recognized as the King's Bastard. She has the, the last name Stone. We know, and you didn't know this, but we had the conversation where the readers know. And if y'all don't know, I can say spoilers, but I'm pretty sure most of y'all listening, as I always am, that y'all already know this tea. But we know the Maya is not just any old Lord's bastard. She's the king's bastard. So she's Robert's daughter, his oldest child. So super special. Take with that what you will. Take with that what you will. And... um. One is not uncommon for specifically bastard girls who weren't fucking who weren't set up to inherit anything anyway to marry into a family. Specifically, if what if Michael's like a third or fourth son? Yeah, he's not going to inherit anything. That wouldn't matter. So no so problem. Marry you don't him. know. And the fact that she's the king's daughter, so like her 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 father's status pushes her status up way higher now the fact that i don't know i can't remember if she knows that she's robert's daughter i do know that robert visited her when she was a kid i also know there's a whole controversy about her coming to court i'm not getting into that today we'll get to that when we get to that but this is not information that cat's privy to yeah this so just- she's saying everything based on the fact that she hears that she's Maya stone 
she knows that's a bastard name here yes. in the Vale, and this person is now charged with getting me up here so I can see my sister. Yeah, and that so. she's not good enough to marry a, a little lord. Um, yes. But the back end of that quote is that she feels as though she's not good enough for that. She's not good enough for marriage, but she's good no, enough for yeah. him to sleep with. Yes. And that's another, I, I'm going to just that's say a issue. Wrinkle. Not a wrinkle, man. That's just, that's another issue that is another hurdle that you get through when you start discussing how this male driven society then imprints itself on girl children and women when they grow up. Right. Because like we said before, Kat's issue with John isn't that Ned had a bastard. It's that he brought him home. It's that he doesn't talk about why he brought him home and doesn't talk about his mother. Those are the issues that she has. She expected that her husband would sleep with other women because that's expected. And what kind of women do men like that sleep with? They sleep with not the good women. Yeah. And so basically she's relegating and sexualizing Maya in a way that from what we've seen is not necessarily, that's not her. That's not that's not my like why why no. why would we look at this 17, 18 year old kid and be like, you know what you're good for? You're good for, you know, tumbling with this boy. Because and also think about the fact that because she's a bastard, Kat isn't expecting that she's a maiden. She's already and I don't want to say already assuming, but I took it as like, okay, well, you know, that that's his love. And she probably already is sleeping with him because, you know, like why else would he be with this bastard girl? You know, why, why, why would her virtue and virginity, why would that be important to preserve she's just a bastard mm -hmm. and you know it's okay for him to have fun with her because that's about all he's gonna do but it won't ever be serious because he's gonna find himself a real proper wife one day and it's it's just it's sad to me and like I love Kat to death y'all know I do I say it every week I'm talking about her with her all that stuff but it's sad to see because she's so she doesn't question why that's good or bad or not that she doesn't question it. She knows that it's not right, but she's kind of settled in it. She's, she's settled in it. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's again, sad. And again, she never says anything that these things out loud. She's not, she's not rude to, to Maya or anything like that. But the idea that like she has these thoughts that would never come to mind with a true born daughter of a Lord of a great house. And, and I wonder, I almost wonder would her opinions change if she knew this was Robert's daughter? And maybe yeah, I, that's a that's a wonderful what if. But there there are so many things that she would need to know, even within that, knowing that it's Robert's daughter. Like, what's the status here? Like, what's what's up with the mom? Like, I don't know. It's just this really weird thing where like she's stuck on this version of the world, mm -hmm. and she she was not able to look past it. She definitely feels like she's willing to. Well, when you say this version of the world, do you not believe that her version of the world is correct? Do you think that she has a, a a wrong view of the world? I don't think she has a wrong view of the world. I feel like the version of the world that was presented to her is wrong, and and she's she's internalized that. What do you mean by wrong? Because I don't think it's wrong at all. I think that I like, think she think sees things as it is. To be mad at this girl for being nothing more than a bastard, like oh, you mean just... wrong is? I thought you meant like she sees things incorrectly. That's what the oh, wrong, no, wrong. No, That's no, not I mean. at all. Like, I mean yeah. like the actual wrong in the world, like the the misconceptions that like even like the stuff around likes that like she I can't think it's unfortunate yeah it's, I'm just saying like I think it's very very sad that yeah she has to sit here and and she's gonna see her sister and it's gonna be like such a very different story but, well let's like, get to that okay 
Unless you want to go right into that, because I mean, we're still coming up the mountain and talking to Maya, and it's just it's it's very interesting. And I had a lot of thoughts about Maya, and we'll get. We don't really meet Maya again for a couple books, yeah. but maybe I'll talk about just. I might have just a whole little talk about bastards in general, just and how I feel about mm-hmm. that whole concept. And yeah, that wasn't to rush off the, the no, the topic. no. It it's just like, it's just. I think that there's so much more there Mm -hmm. and that we spend a lot of our time in fact a good bulk of this chapter is with maya and you have to think about like what that means for cat being in this space this very foreign space Mm -hmm. with this person that like she has to trust with her life she has no choice yeah so she's pressed against the version of the world that's presented to her that tells her well, here's the worth of, you know, bastard-born children yeah. in this world, even, like, you know, like, named ones, mm-hmm. and what she can actually do. Like, here are the three jobs that you can have mm-hmm. because your guidance counselor found out you're a bastard, so here's yeah. what you can do. Yeah. But she still has enough faith that she'll see her through this. And that's the... And I that love she takes it. her all the way through it. Like, yes. she still is willing to kind of, like, let go of herself and kind of, like, some of her pride mm-hmm. to get through it. And I think that that's the thing that separates people in these chapters feeling a particular way about things happening in the world to them, but her actually sitting there and confronting them in in that way. I know it's well, not- Well, she had no choice. She had no I, choice. I and I think that that's always but, the greatest thing. It's just like she had no choice but to be in close proximity with this person that she had immediately sized up because of- something that was going on in her own house yes. that she, that has not been taken care of or talked mm-hmm. about. Um, and also the preconceived notions that women are taught to feel about other women. And that's a, another thing. Very rarely do we get time, which is why I cherish the times in which yeah, even Sansa's talking about, Maya. even when Sansa's talking to like Jane Poole, mm-hmm. I cherish those moments. And yeah, like you said, she's, they're talking and they're not talking about they're just talking. You know what I mean? It's not like if, if this was the Bechtel test, it would pass. I mean, they do talk about Michael, but they also talk about other things. Mm-hmm. And and it's not like they're they were sharing like life stories, but it was just a it was a co- it was a cooperative effort, mostly Maya. But it was a cooperative <laughs> effort. And the, like the one part that I really, really loved is the fact that Kat, she said, you know, remember before when I told you I'm not scared of nothing? That was a lie. It was a whole lie. I'm going to die up here. I'm mad scared. I can't do this shit. I'm good. Oh, yeah. No. And Maya's just like, come on, give me your head. Like, I, you can do this. And she's mm-hmm. like coaching her through it. And just the kindness. And I, what does that do to somebody? Again, like, let's say Kat hates bastards, right? I don't think that's the case. Well, let's say like she absolutely is just like, I can't stand it. And I don't want to turn this into like a green book moment. I don't want to turn this into, I used to be racist and now I'm not like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But ew, am I doing that? Ooh. Are you about to do that? No. All I'm saying is I thought it was very cool that like, no, actually I'm not because she wasn't out here. She wasn't out here calling her all kinds of names. She wasn't doing anything. She had these thoughts, but she was dependent upon somebody who she had immediately sized up, which mm-hmm. here's my thing. The only reason I say it's not like that, everybody has preconceived notions of people. That's and, true. And it's not always like a sexist, racist, misogynist. I'm saying sexist and misogynist. You know what I mean? Like, it's not always like a, I have a hateful vendetta against this person. It's just like, I presume something because of the kind of clothes you wear. I presume something because you wear glasses. I presume something because your hair is a certain mm-hmm. way. And again, that's not a good thing but that's how human beings are. And that's what people, people are very visual creatures. So 
this is what she's doing. But then by the end of it, it's just like, all right, well, this girl saved my life. I can't really be mad. Yeah, I can. And also she did her job. She did a damn good job. And it's very funny because me knowing that she's Robert's daughter, this is this is nurture versus nature all the way. This oh, is 100%. Can you imagine a little lady Robert? No, she's not like him. Yikes. So kudos to her mom, who she did mention, and I believe is still alive. She don't get a name, but that's okay. Kudos to her mom. I hope she got child support. I don't think she did. Nope. Robert never pays. But, you know, moving on. She meet, she 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 gets up to the, the top of Sky, and this is when she's just like, hey, guess what, Maya? It's been good. It's been real. I'm taking the basket up. Yeah. Actually, I can't do this I have, anymore. I have a direct quote okay. for that. Can cool. I? Of course. Of course. So it reads, the Lannisters may have their pride, she told Maya, but the Tullys are born with better sense. I have ridden all day and the best part of a night. Tell them to lower a basket. I shall ride with the turnips. I said, you know what? Okay. She said, put me on top of the breakfast. I gotta go. Gotta go. Can't do it. Nope. I'm tired. Yep. My sister really wants to see me that bad. I'll be in the basket. Yeah, like dawn is breaking. She ain't sleep at all. And you nope. know, she was riding all the way before that. They didn't stop because dudes was attacking them. She probably ain't slept in like two, three days. Like she's big mad. Oh, very. And she I'd had to rush and eat her food. It's dripping all on her clothes. I'm sorry, cat, but she probably stank. And that's the one thing I continue to love about Cat though. She is never she she is so unbothered mm-hmm. by what her travel appearance is like. When she's mad hungry and when tired. She's mad hungry and tired that she just says she's like, oh, the juice was dripping on my clothes. Don't care. I got it like in her head. I have this mission and I have to get to this thing yeah. to get it done. My sister called on me. I'm gonna go. I mean, I've already I'm coming anyway, but I guess I'm coming today. I guess I'm coming today. Exactly. So she bids Maya yep. adieu. Yep. And she says, pull me up in this basket. And she's going up now to the the eerie, yeah, proper. The eerie proper. So from yeah. Sky, the little basket is on a little wench. Yeah. They pull her up into like the lower part of the castle. Mm-hmm. And she is greeted by two gentlemen. She's met by a maester. You were talking about him earlier. He has like no hair and mostly and neck. Mostly neck. And Savardis Eden. Yes, thank you. I could not remember his name, but I know she cuts him up too. Yeah, she, well, yeah, she just said, I don't even remember what she said about Vardis. It wasn't nearly as bad as the Maester. No. But they were just like, yeah, so I'm glad you're here. Let me go wake Lysa up. It's like, what do you mean? Didn't she call me? Isn't she, doesn't she know I'm here? Child, Lysa was catching all disease. She, and she, and Cash just like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. She made me come early in the morning, right, all night and all night. And she was in the bed. Oh, absolutely. Oh, tricked you. Oh, so before we introduce Lysa, I would like to introduce Lysa by posing this question first. If unless you had something to say still about Servardus and the Maester, they catch up. Is it Maester Franken? I'm not sure. It's something. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. I should really start writing down the Maesters because I'm not a. As I've already noted, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. Of the Maesters, yeah. just for a multitude of reasons. Um, this in particular feels like they're being very short with Kat mm-hmm. in, in a way where like, obviously they're giving their pleasantries, but it's kind of like, Hey, you still really did not RSVP. So this is now probably the fifth or sixth time someone <laughs> has mentioned to her, Hey, it's cool that you're here. Why are you here? Why are you here? 
did you tell Lysa? Like, they're still unsure. They are. Anyway, they move through, so they're taking her to go see her sister finally. Now, yeah, mind yeah. you, and we find this out, but she hasn't seen her sister in five years. The last mm-hmm. time she saw her sister, and we put a pin in it, and we're going to take a pin out, and I'm so happy that I finally get to do this. We figured out a mystery. We, we didn't, did. We didn't know where when Kat, because Kat has these understandings of king's landing in a way that it's like how is she so intimate with this place yep she had been there five years ago when when robin was born mm-hmm. and Came that visit. Yeah. that tracks yeah. because the version of her sister that she saw five years ago when lysa first went to king's landing yeah would be a very different woman than the person who left king's landing five years later with a boy yep and it's now come full circle. Yes. So she's walking. Are you in happy this. that you've, you've taken I am, off because this pin? I swear that I've put nothing but pins in and I kind of don't remember all the pins we put in, but it's I remember okay. that one yeah. because it was like, man, that's, that was real cool seeing that come that through come, back in the yeah, chapter. Yeah. I'm glad that it didn't happen in two like books off chapter yeah. or like two books from now. Yeah. So I'm like, what? Who cares? Um, she comes in this room and. So I'm going to pose a question before you. Yeah. yeah do go this. Ahead, so pose your question, please. My question was how and why does Martin choose to introduce Lysa the way that he does in contrast? And, and how is it contrasted with the image that he's given us of Kat? So go ahead and talk about how you saw Lysa come in. I will probably throw my own opinions in, but you were about to go into Lysa entering the frame. Now we this is the moment we've all been waiting for Lysa, who we've been talking about since Cat two, probably maybe yeah. cat one, even probably mm-hmm. cat one. No, yeah, Cat One because we talked about John oh, yeah, Aaron dying. We so okay. we've not seen this is now Cat Six. We've not seen or heard Lysa's voice. We haven't seen her speak. We haven't caught her essence. Here she is. Take it away. So you're speaking about the frame, the camera pulls, she fills the frame completely. Tight shot. No, not even because it's a tight shot, just because she is big. <laughs> She's not. Okay. The way Kat explains, you said my reflection. I'm going to listen to your of, reflection. What I got out of okay. this was Kat opened the door and it's the equivalent of like a person who has to like catch themselves or catch like it's the, like it's a pearl clutching moment. More like, oh, ooh, that's what Lysa looks like now. Because like it's <laughs> it was like the last chapter where we were talking about that picture that Renly has <laughs> of, of Marjorie. Of Marjorie. And it's like, but for Kat, the version of Lysa that she remembers is this very svelte, this very young looking, this very vibrant girl. She talks about her eyes. She's like, yo, she got the Tully eyes still. They're blue, uh, but they're not vibrant anymore. She never said they was vibrant. That's why I'm okay, saying. It's okay. funny what you got. Go ahead. So this you go ahead. Let, me, let me get my thing. Let me get yours out. Yep. So she talks about her eyes. Uh-huh. She says her skin is pale. She really doesn't look that healthy. And by healthy, I mean, she looks like she's healthy, like she's been eating, but not really, I guess, doing ring fit. And I don't know, what else would they do on the veil? And she just, she does not I'm shaking look like, my head, y'all. she does not look like, this cat said this. I it know. Was in the chapter. I know. She literally said she don't play ring fit in the chapter. So you skirting around it, but keep going. Kat, I think, is very beside herself because in her head, there's a version of her sister that continues to exist. And it's the one that hung out with her at Riverrun. And it's the the woman that she saw five years ago. 
that's not who opens the door, runs to her and embraces her. And I think that that bothers Kat more than she lets on initially. But like as their conversation goes, I think it starts to really feed into the way that she talks with her because she's like, yo, this ain't the woman that I recognize. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, I saw it. Not that I saw it differently, but like I'm focusing on more so the again, why did George choose to frame Lysa this way opposed to Kat? And Kat's feeling this way. So again, I, everything is about the narrator and their point of view and how they view the world, how they see things. Kat places a lot of import on her ability to be a good wife, a good mother, and a good woman. And by being a good woman, I mean that a lot of that it has to do with appearance. We we see yes, we see I, we I see agree. that in, in Sansa now, like that is very important. They teach them very young that is very important. So what she says is, you know, my sister was never as cute as me and she was never as tall. Because again, this is Kat and this is Chop City and this is what she does. And she doesn't say it again, it's all in her mind, but I'm saying say because I'm reading it that way. But she thinks like, you know, she never was as cute as me and and she does have the Tully eyes, you're correct, but they were always kind of watery. But when Lysa walks in, Lysa is a woman five years removed from the last time she saw her and she's had a baby. So yes. when women have babies, they tend to put on weight. That's what naturally happens. One so would she's think. not not cat. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Cause these are questions that I have, Martin. Uh she's gained weight. She looks distraught. She looks very pale and twitchy and nervous. And she just looks like, Cass like, yeah, some is off. But when she comes down, because she came down, and let's talk about, again, the way that in which she comes down. So Cat is typically like your every woman, right? She's just usually just about it. I don't think, except for the bedroom scene, they've ever really even described the clothes that Cat wears. Like, she's not a very, like, ornament type person or ornamental type person. Like, they really don't. They describe yeah, she her look. Like, they anything, describe yeah. her... It's pretty because, you know, she has the Tully look and all this stuff, but they never really describe it. Lysa comes out. She got on her bedrobe. She ready to just greet everybody in her night clothes. Her hair is cascading down her back. I said she got the she got the Remy Wavy like she got everything just coming on popping. I'm just like, Lysa thought she was trying to stone Kat. She thought she was about to stone. So at least her hair was on point. Her hair was on point. That's the one thing. Kat said, look, she got bigger. She look a mess. She look real tired. Which she actually tells her out loud. But at least her hair's on point. Her hair's always been on point. She has nice hair. I can't, I can't lie. And it's just like she's shading Lysa from every corner of the sun in her head. And then she does it out loud. And Lysa catches it. Cause she she clearly tells like she was just like, and, and and before I even get to that, because she's coming up and from afar she's seeing this. And Lysa's like thanking her and telling her all these things and you know, whatever, because people are present, right? And I'm the thinking, I'm just like, she really is chopping her sister up for gaining weight. Like, that was the biggest thing of her tickets. Like, oh, damn, girl, you don't, you let yourself go. And it's just like, all right, cool. First of all, when we say big, like, what would we mean by big? We got to remember, too, also. I mean, again, no shade. I'm literally ingesting his work every single day to do this podcast. But when men tend to write women, that's always a thing. And it's just like, what does that mean by, like... Okay, Lysa's fat, right? But like, why have Kat reflect? But that then, way? With that, because again, if she's the woman who has not, I'm still trying to understand it. Lysa, yes, Lysa's been pregnant a bunch of times. She's had stillbirths. She's had miscarriages, and again, that hormonally changes your body as well. 
But am I to believe that Kat, a 34-year-old woman with five children, looks the exact same as she did when she was 18, 17 years old? Yep. That her body is so on point and perfect. Resilient. Like, that don't even make no damn sense. And again, maybe it's because we're getting it from Kat's point of view. I, again, cannot wait to read Ned's. I'm willing to bet, though, he makes no mention of it. I'm willing to bet. But is Lysa so far removed from Kat? And again, Lysa's stressed the hell out. Lysa's going through a lot of shit. She's living life very Lysa different. has a very harder... She's a hard life. She's, she's, she's gone through some shit. She's seen some shit. And that will put strain on people. Also, again, she might just have different metabolism, whatever. It's just funny that that is the thing. And when people bring up mm-hmm. Lysa, it's always that, oh, Lysa's a fat joint. Like, okay. Yeah, it's like she's and, the fat Tully sister. Yeah, like, okay. And they still look alike and they still whatever. And it's just, it's just funny because, like, that's supposed to be... That's one of her... Her demerit, like you, you yeah, know that's what I mean? a negative, like, that's thing, a about negative thing about her, and it's just like, all right, cool. Like, she's a woman in her thirties, and I'm not saying that all women are in their thirties are, you know what I mean? No, I got you. you don't have to give a ton of caveats on that. It's more like, and I'm not hey. saying, and this is also not to say that cat can't be in good shape, but like you said, who has ring fit? These women don't. They don't have personal trainers. They even talk about Cersei being thick. So like, I don't understand what. It mean and stretch marks and all that stuff, which that that makes sense, you know what I mean? And it's not disgusting, but that when they talk about those things, it's supposed to be like, oh, like again, cat thinking of a youthful body, of the body of a of a almost woman, mostly child person, being more desirable and better for a woman. Which again, even by today's standards, women, and I can speak for myself. I cannot speak for all. I cannot speak for all women. I cannot speak for every person that identifies as a woman. I cannot. However, I can say that in my own personal experience and the experiences of people that I do know and have spoken to about this, it, it's a constant struggle all the time to try to maintain, right? Try to maintain. Like, why do I work out every day? I work yeah, out every day because I want to keep the physique that I've been told is, is desirable in the society that we live in. And mm-hmm. I think that that's why Kat looks at her that way. And again, I, I I do think, and again, like I said, no shade, but I do think that this is meant to pit them against each other. And it's to highlight Kat as the stable, good, happy one. Oh, and Lysa as the, the bad, messed up. Yeah, she's the bad, crazy. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. and when you're crazy, you let yourself go. You don't care about yourself. You don't eat properly. You don't work out. You know what I mean? And those things aren't always necessarily indicative. And it's kind of like they use Lysa's weight gain to kind of illustrate, and I say that he uses that to illustrate her mental, her mental state. Oh, I thought you were going to say like he uses that as a way to demonstrate or discredit her. That as well. Her. That her, as well. Her fears, and and just and again, I'm not again because he has written all these things. Do I think that he has like a, a problem with with life? No, I mean again. What I'm saying is when when we when we see other characters talk about her, that is usually used yeah, to kind they bring of that up as, it's a to bring that up is like a reason why. Well, you can tell she's messed up now because look at how she's let herself go physically. And that's it's it's wild. And mm-hmm. and it's funny because again, like you said, yeah, Kat was in shock. Kat's just like, I can't believe she would do this because again, they were both raised in the same house. In like, which how you don't happen? do that. You don't well, yeah. I said we both got the same lessons, girl. We was told that we're supposed to keep ourselves always prim and proper. What are you doing? Um, I had to go marry a thousand year old man. Basically. Basically. And and that's the thing I met earlier when I brought up with Brendan is he's bringing up the happiness about the political like standpoint. Okay, cool. They have two political marriages, but like, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. You marry her to a, a old man. 
you marry her to a 70-something-year-old man, 60-something-year-old man when she was like 15. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, she, she's messed up. And then you took her from her homeland and put her in a place where nobody was. Brendan went to go live at the Erie. Why wasn't he in King's Landing with his niece? Who was down there with her? And that's the one thing. Like, if you see somebody like Cersei, at least she had some guards down there. Some people. Her brother was down there. Somebody was down there. Who was there to help Lysa? Who was there for Lysa? Nobody was there for Hmm. Lysa. And that's another thing. And the thing is, uh, because Kat, and and I I don't expect that person to have been Kat, because Kat was also, like we said, taken from her home and put into a strange place. And she had to cope as well. And again, they're, they're not brought up to have camaraderie, which I think is very interesting and is something that is explored through Ari and Sansa because their dad doesn't understand that they're not being raised to be together because in his mind, well, I'm a guy. I was cool with my brothers and as yeah, children, we all were, cool. but he doesn't understand. He's not a girl. He doesn't know what that's like. And 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 I don't think that it is a purposeful thing, but it is a the rivalry exists because the society breathes that. It breeds you oh, to be jealous and, and, and things like this. So I'm I rambling again. Agree. No, I agree with that. That is but, all the way true. Yeah. I just, it's sad to me. And, and that's why I'm saying like, when we see that scene, we literally see them too. It's almost like a scene in Orphan Black when you see, Sa- like, I'm not saying Sansa, when you see Sarah and Helena kind of like looking at oh, each other. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And it's it's like, like, and they're the same John. Yeah. And and it's just, it's just. Literally it's and figuratively. Yeah. And literally in that story. Yeah. But we have yeah. to see them yeah. as opposite. You know, that's 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 actually a very super good point. Yeah. Not even I shouldn't even say it like that. That just is that's facts. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it goes. Okay. So moving into that, um, I'm gonna talk about her. So they're having the conversation and Lysa's doing her pleasantries and whatnot, and she dismisses Egan and the Maester. And as soon as the doors close. Oh. The as veil, soon as the good the veil drops, as soon as the doors close. Now, first of all, she probably always was mad, messed up because Kat told her she looked tired, and she said it in a way that we know how Kat said it. We know how Kat said it. She was she like, "Girl, you look dot 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 tired," and she was like, "Uh." So Lysa closed them doors, and this is a long one, y'all. So strap in. Catelyn saw her face change. It was as if the sun had gone behind a cloud. Have you taken leave of your senses? Lysa snapped at her to bring him here without a word of permission, without so much as a warning, to drag us into your quarrels with the Lannisters. My quarrels? Catelyn could scarce believe what she was hearing. A great fire burned in the hearth, but there was no trace of warmth in Lysa's voice. They were your quarrels first, sister. It was you who sent me that cursed letter. You who wrote that the Lannisters had murdered your husband. To warn you so you could stay away from them. I never meant to fight them. God's cat, do you know what you've done? And in scene, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> the audacity, <laughs> the audacity. But again, I I feel so torn between the two of them because if I'm cat, I'm big fucking mad. Like I'm so mad. I'm like, are you kidding me? You wrote me a whole note in our secret language. You really was just like, make haste, come through, like save me, basically, without saying it. You told me all this crazy fucking shit about the Lannisters and all the stuff they're doing. Mm-hmm. Now I'm caught up in it possibly because I know some shit. My son was murdered or was about to be murdered. And now you're telling me that it's my fault, that this is my problem. You yes. don't know what I'm talking about at all, sis, at all. No, it's okay, all the cool. way your fault. Also, if I'm Lysa. If I'm Lysa. I'm big mad. I'm big mad, 
I'm big mad because the scam that I was sold was that this would keep everything away from me and my boy. Yep. I could be safe here. Yep. I don't have to be an active participant in this. And also the person helping her with the scam would take care of the rest of it. Yep. That actually, a, a bell just went off in my head. Okay. Let's hear it. Peter Baelish is a real piece of shit. Oh, duh. Just in general anyway. But he had to have known after telling Kat what he did in the Capitol, if she came across that dude, what would have happened? Yeah, see, here's the thing. Right? I actually, no, I actually don't believe, I think that that literally was happening. And I think this is, it's one of those things, like you said, when things happen outside of plans. Baelish is good. He could not predict this. And he did damage control for himself. He did not do it for Lysa. He didn't. He didn't even have the You're nerve right. to, to, to tell her that her sister came down because that you got to keep her in the loop. But here's the thing. He's not keeping her in the loop because this is not her plan. Yeah. She's a pawn. She is not a player. Yeah, it's his. It's his. All this the is way. all his. Yeah. So, again, I'm mad if I'm Lysa that my sister is weird. OK, I don't want to say I'm mad. Yes, I'm mad that now I'm not safe and I'm mad that. She, if I'm Lysa, I'm not gonna like. If I'm me, I'm mad at Peter, but Lysa won't be mad at Peter, so I can't say that she would be. But I guess the question I have is, how much of this is like, how much of her pretending like she don't really know what's going on, or pretending like she don't know that she started instigating some stuff? How much of it is caution? How much of it is genuine ignorance because of her mental state? And how much of it is just Peter, <laughs> hands down? I think sixties Peter, twenty is caution, twenty is just. Oops, a daisy. <laughs> she don't know. She can't know. Yeah. And I don't think it was for her to know. Um, but she straight up says like, oh, you brought him here. And I guess because, again, her thing is she wants to keep her baby safe. She wants to make sure that her son is it safe. It had nothing to do with anyone cool. else other than making sure that Robin was fine. Everything about getting her out of King's Landing was about making sure that Robin was fine. But what I'm saying is, did she think for a moment about Kat? Because at this point. Why was she? That's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying by how much of it was she privy to? I think enough of it was like, yo, we'll tell your sister this thing because we have to share this with your sister. But we're not going to implicate ourselves any further because this is the thing that's going to insulate you from the rest of it. There was no reason for her to ever believe in her heart of hearts that any Lannister, let alone Tyrion Lannister, would be brought to her gate anytime. Oh, after of course that not. But I'm sent. just saying like was she ever was she ever suspicious that not even suspicious but like did she ever think that in a million years her sister would be pushed into action because they would do something to harm her and it, did she care because i know that she's jealous of cat i, think I know cares. that I she think blames cat for a lot of things specifically peter's affections for her but was it was it to the point that she was just like if it messed cat up i don't care i think when peter told her like hey we can do this with your sister uh huh she was like, that's fine because this is for, I, like I said, I think it's so much more about Peter because of the way that he has, he's ensnared her. He yeah. has his claws in her in a way where I don't think a lot of other people would have that kind of like forward attitude with her okay. because no one else can be as forward. Like, could you imagine, gosh, I can't even think of anyone else who would think to do something like this by way of Lysa because they care enough about her because they can pretend that they do. Because it's not so much that he doesn't care about her. I just I just thought of something else. I too. don't think he can because of the way that he needs to move things. And he knows that by moving through her, it makes it so much easier for the rest of his plan 
to kind of come to fruition. Well, of course. And it, it and actually cool leads itself to answer. Lysa loves this. Well, dude. that's what I'm saying. So that takes me back to who was there for Lysa. Peter was there for Lysa. Mm-hmm. Peter was in King's Landing. Now, of course, we know that she brought him in the fold, which I still don't understand. Again, it's so weird when when this book decides that women's opinions and 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 suggestions are important and when they're not. Because it goes from women have absolutely no say, even if they're queens or, or high ladies and their husbands never listen to them, to they're making all these decisions and these great decisions and the men are so like just forced into listening to them that they make bad decisions. So it's just, it's weird. Well, it's like, remember, it only works when the ladies are doing something wrong. Then it's like, oh no, that lady needed to make this bad decision. Because that happens a or lot. Or that the man did this, the bad decision, yeah, but he was influenced by this woman. The woman told him, or the woman influenced him enough to which do is, the bad thing. Which so is so weird it's, to it's me. Because like, why would, why would John Aaron appoint Peter Baelish? Think about it. Why would he? I don't know. I really because still Peter, don't understand. Peter Baelish was capable and in spaces where john he was young boy though like he wasn't even he wasn't older and they don't respect youth unless you come from a great house of which he does not yeah but he could talk his way into a room i guess that's what scammers do he scammed and he scammed big time he just didn't know it was going to shake out this way he made it like you said he makes it work for him yeah and at the end of the day he doesn't do what he needs to do to protect lisa that he says he cares so much for he don't care if he did even in the slightest he would have insulated her better from this and he doesn't here's here's the real big question because i don't want to spend too much time talking about him sorry y'all but who are you sorry to the baelish fans they exist so yeah okay and again i'm not hating like if you like baelish like baelish that's not on me like Like, god bless his hustle i just don't like the way that he's treating he's not for me no but i just think that um He's never, he wasn't like, I don't expect him to, to treat Lysa or care about her whereabouts, but like all this plan, he never had no kind of like safety plan for Kat, who he said he loved so much. And this is what I'm talking about when people talk about like, what's love? Oh, he loved her. He, he, he didn't love Kat the way he said he loved Kat because then he would have protected Kat. I mean, that's lust. If Clearly. it's even that. Yeah. He probably loved Kat for what she represented. If Lysa was the oldest sister, he would love Lysa. That's my, that's, I genuinely yeah. believe that. Kat has the station. She has the name. Yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense. And yeah, she was cute. So he was just like, all right, cool. I love you. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Back to, back to this, the, 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 the situation at hand. Now they're, they're now at a, Kat has now seen the light of what everybody was trying to tell her. Cause Kat is just that like, yeah, she, she, she wild. She wild in these streets. She's doing the most. And Lysa's just, I can't believe you did this shit. I was really chilling up here. I had, I had nothing, no problems, no issues. We some here eating good. I was getting eight hours of sleep. My baby's chilling. I got dudes calling after me every day. Do you got dudes calling after you every day? Cat's like, I don't need that. I literally am married. She's like, mm, good for you. Anyway, Lysa's <laughs> doing well. Thanks for asking. Lysa's thriving. <laughs> Lysa's thriving. And they're going back and forth. And she's like, shh, you being too damn loud, you gonna wake up my baby. Of which, little Robert comes in anyway. Which, I am, I know you said, oh, you were mad because you kept calling him Robin. Yeah, like, in my notes, I kept saying Robin, Robin, Robin. Then I saw Robert, and I'm like, wait, did I, do I not know his name? No, his name is, his His name, name so it's both. His name, his name is both. His name is Robert. Like, his given name is Robert, after the king. John named his son after Robert. But they call him Sweet Robin. And in the story, in the show... They changed a lot of people's names that had similar names. So it's just like, all right. Yeah. We're just going to call him Robin. Yeah. 
But we can call him Robin if you want to, if that's easier. Because I'm yeah, pretty sure cool. they start like, calling him Robin. I yeah. call him Robin. Because when we talk about Robert, we know who we talking about. And I don't. I wouldn't want to put that sweet baby in that same category. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. So little Robin comes in, and he's sniffly, and again, Cat goes, and she's looking at it, and Lysa. He's her coping mechanism, right? Like he's her coping. I don't even know what to say. It's not like he's her. He's a her emotional support baby, like people tend to have. And I hate saying it that way. No, I mean that's. I hate saying I it that it, way, I but I really think it, it. It's it's just she. He's, he's her strength. He is, and he's so sick looking, and he's frail, and he's, like, very dependent on his mother at six. And Kat is, like, beside herself. I have a direct quote about that, but before we even get to that, Lysa calls him over, and she starts telling Kat, hey, look at my baby. He's the best. He's the Lord of the Vale. He's so strong. My husband knew on his deathbed, he said, and I quote, the seed is strong because he knew that his seed was so strong. He made my strong baby. and He's going to be the best when he grows up. Meanwhile, this little boy over there, watery eyes, crying, looking like he's about to have a whole like panic, asthma attack and a seizure, which and I'm not even making this up. Maybe about yeah, the he asthma, does, but he, he does. Ha- does he has seizures. seizures. Um, he's just very frail and sickly. But Lysa is just she. And again, let's talk about why this is. And people make jokes about this. I think this might be my least fucking favorite thing about the jokes and memes that people make about Lysa. And again, do I think that it's messed up that, because, and y'all know, like the boy comes over and he's grabbing at her, her robe or whatnot, and she pulls out her breast and she starts to feed him a six-year-old child who should be eating solid foods exclusively. But people are just like, oh, and that's gross and it's not, and again, I'm, first time I saw it on the show, I was freaked out, not gonna hold you. I was like, oh, that's, that's wild in these streets. That's crazy. Um, but that's before I knew her story and that's before I knew. And at this point in the books, you, you've already heard her story. You've already heard somebody tell you that she's gone through miscarriage after miscarriage and that she's not had a happy time and that she was forced to marry this person at a young age. And I don't think it's healthy for Robin, but I understand why. And I do, again, I think that she is a person who, like so many people in this book, one, she's a woman, so nobody listens to her or cares about her emotional, like, distress. Two, mental health is an issue that is just not dealt with at all across the board. Male, female, young, old, yeah, nobody, doesn't matter. Nobody gets help. And nobody gets any kind of kind of mental help um, or mental health help. And Kat is kind of at a loss because she knows that that's her sister as a person that she grew up with, that she knows in her heart and her spirit. But she also... She can't she can't deal with kind of what she's seeing. So I'm gonna go and and read a direct quote of yeah, your cool you quote. Yeah, please. And then I would like to hear your thoughts on what we're talking about with Robin specifically. Sure. Um Catelyn was at a loss for words. John Aaron's son, she thought incredulously. She remembered her own baby, three-year-old Rickon, half the age of this boy and five times as fierce. Small wonder the lords of the Vale were restive. For the first time, she understood why the king had tried to take the child away from his mother to foster with the Lannisters. Okay, so I told you before, uh-huh. like when we were going over like our thoughts about this chapter, yeah. that there's not a lot of times where I find myself combative with what I think the version of the story that Kat gives us through her eyes is. Mm-hmm. Like most of the time she's out here, she's like, I feel a certain way about this thing. I'm just saying it out loud. Yeah. Great. I see these people, they're acting foolish. I'm calling it out great. 
I see whatever's around me and I'm describing it in the way that makes sense to me. I, I identify with that. Like she's chopping because that's how she deals. Yeah. And that's great. She gets here in front of her sister and without knowing anything else about her other than these five years of trauma that she's dealt with yeah. that she's not recognizing. She, we literally talk about the ghost of the Lannisters TM mm-hmm. throughout this entire chapter and most of Kat's chapters where it's like, once you found out about them, it's like this pain of these people who are bringing doom upon her family mm-hmm. are here and they're ever present. And right now we kind of get this thing where she bypasses that. She goes right to the thing of the societal norm that was impressed upon her, which is, well, the boy looks sickly. And if he's going to be a man when he grows up, he needs to be around other strong men. Strong man is Tywin Lannister. Mm. You need to go with him and you need to be better. And her child, he looks weak. So he needs to be somewhere where he can foster and become strong. Because I remember when, you know, my husband, Ned, came here to foster. And that's what made him the great man he is today. That's what made mm. Robert the great king he is. So it's like these people that she actively says, like, I don't like. She does not like Robert at all. When I say Robert, I mean the king. She does not like him. But, like, his counsel would make sense here. She literally is fighting to make sure that the Lannisters cannot destroy her family. But yet and somehow destroy their family. inside her head, she feels that it would be safer and better for him to have fostered with the Lannisters. And that, to me, just screams the the level of difference that exists within this chapter in the kind of duality that we deal with when we have these women and these girls who have to live up to these standards that they told them to uphold. Because in no other case should she be like, hey, Lysa, what do you want to do with your son? Because she straight up says, Rickon is wild. I can't control him. He's too powerful. He's three. What? No, like, because they they talk about Rickon in such a way that, like, He's so strong, even at his they age. They don't talk about him being strong. Not like, when just, I say strong, I mean like strong-willed. I mean like, oh, like yeah. that's his power. Yeah. Like he's able to kind of move through his own life in a way that like they watch him. Well, let's like, talk about that then. Let's talk about spirited so- and like she's looking at Robin and she's like, "You're not even half of what my son is." Like this compare and contrast that she feels like she has to do right here in front of her sister. So what do you think she's doing there? So that's what I'm saying. Like what I think about this, I'm thinking about she's seeing what Lannister's aside. I don't even, well. You don't think that? I don't think that. I don't think that that worries her. No. That could have been her. No. She could have been married Never. John Here's Aaron. the thing. If I know one thing, no. I think Kat is like, I am, I, that can never be me. She's literally like, couldn't be me. That's literally her. Wow. Okay. That's literally her. And what I'm saying is like, what he, she's doing more than anything is comparing not just how they are and who they are as women, but who they are as mothers. Oh, and yes. Yes. And this is the first time we're kind of like, Lysa might be the only other mother that we've seen. I mean, I get, I guess we count Cersei, but I don't really count her just because we haven't had any like real mother to mother conversations with her, um, if ever. But her aside, she ain't got nothing to do with this. Um, love you though, babe. Love you. Uh, <laughs> um, this is this is her saying because I have been, and it's kind of. It's kind of like Brendan's words are doubled down on here, where it's just like, he don't really have no evidence. She has evidence mm-hmm. as to why this might be, but it's more so like, okay, well, Lysa's not the right type of woman. Look at 
her physical appearance. Look at how she's let herself go. Look at how she's fled and she's so scary. And she just, it, it's almost like everyone's saying Lysa was not meant for this world. She's, she's sickly and she has a weak heart and she can't, like she can't cope. And Cash just like, well, I'm fine. So I don't really understand what's going on with you. And like, I took it less as the Lannister should take it, but as like, more so as rather the situation is so bad. I would rather people I don't even like come in and intervene because it's so dire that this boy gets help and yeah. that my sister gets help. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and she wasn't just saying like, well, he should do it. She was just saying, I could see how mm-hmm. Robert, knowing how Robert is and what Robert values, Robert, who also named Jamie Lannister, water in the East. I can't water get over that. East. I never will get over that. Boy, howdy. I could see why Robert would want to do that specifically because the beef that Kat has with Tywin Lannister or the Lannister's TM, Robert doesn't have. He probably should have, but he don't. I mean, he do, but he don't. It's yeah, complicated. It's weird. it's weird. Um, so again, she's she's she is the very picture of and 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 the and the model for female perfection. Mm-hmm. Like that's just what it is. Like she's the every woman. She's somebody people should be able to. Raise. Like she's like she goes about her life normal. She's not a queen, but she is a great lady. And you know, she's not perfect in the behavior, but she's very intelligent and she's able to command rooms of men, which most women cannot do. And she's eloquent and she's, she's fair and she doesn't give too much pushback. She, 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 she knows when and when, when and where to kind of assert herself. And that's a good balance. Lysa is assertive all the time. Lysa wants to be in charge. Lysa's emotional. Lysa clearly doesn't care about her physical appearance, according to them. She, which she actually does because she stay with a bad bitch gown. She stay with her hair done. So I don't know what they'd be talking about, but okay. Um, she's not capable of mothering. Yeah. In a good way, which is funny to me. That's why I, I asked about the comparison of them, them as mothers, because a lot of people think that Kat's not a good mom because she left them or because she let them go this way or because she did that or because she thwarted Rob's plans or whatever. And it's just funny because like, what's a, what's a good mother? And like I said before, do I think that Lysa is raising Robin healthily? No, not at all. I don't think she has the tools to do so. I think Kat, again, remains the most stable example of an adult in the series. Yeah. I think Kat remains the most grounded in reality. And she probably, to what I can see right now, is probably the, it's hard for me to say the best parent. No, I got you, but like it's hard for me to say the best, the one that is doing a a decent enough job that like if we look back through this, that we can go like, oh look, well you can track to this, yeah, because she's flawed too, and she again like she. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you sure didn't. It's just like she's hurt. She's hurt, and she don't understand what's going on. And again, they've not been raised to be allies. No, which is so weird. But they are because in her her mind she. they were best. I, w- I would think that they were best friends. They have a secret language. Yeah. No and like, and you know, and, and I think she's very protective of her sister. And part of it might also be the the older sibling thing, specifically the older sister. Like I have a younger sister that is like, I, like we're this like similar. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the older sister. I am the older sister in a situation that is very um like age wise, like comparable or comparable to Kat and Lysa. And yeah, like you would feel like really messed up if you went and you saw your sister like 
struggling and, and sure you wasn't was. there and nobody was like helping you. But at the same time, you need her to kind of get something done for you at the same time. Also, your sister calling you up in the middle of the night, sending birds, talking about some, yo, shit's going down. Is you ready? And then when you come ready, she like, why are you here? That's yeah, a little messy. It but is. <sighs> there's a lot. And again, it just the chapter really just closes out on her. Like there were talks of, you know, she was saying, you know, talking to Robin, telling her like, you know, that Tyrion's here and he's asking, yeah. is he a bad man? And she, she, he asking to, to make him fly, which we know means the moon door and all that kinds of yeah. stuff. Shamey doesn't. And I'm pleading the fifth on that. Okay. Cool. I'm pleading the fifth on that. Like what, like seriously. What would have happened had he? Does, does Tyrion irritate me sometimes? Of course he does. Does he deserve does to Tyrion die? Does Tyrion do a lot of stuff? And I'm not saying that he probably do. I don't. I'm not the one to 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 say what he does or doesn't. What I'm saying is, what would the story be without Tyrion? No, I got you. No Just way. like what would the Tyrion story be without Cat and where she is, and and what Absolutely. would the story be without so many of these characters? That's why I was funny when people. Oh, I wish so and so died. This I'm like nah, man. Like. The story is what it is. Is entertainment, yeah. like exactly. So it's just again, when I mean, we get to Tyrion, we will get to Tyrion, and I will dress him down, just as much as anybody else. Like I don't like nobody is safe. I just want y'all to know that literally no one is safe. There's lots of people. I love Cat, and I'm a chopper. I chopped her up today, and I continue to do so if she keep getting out of pocket. But I love her still. Yeah, absolutely. And she has points, valid points, and she continues to make points. And I understand why she does the things she does. And I think that again remains the point of this podcast is that I would like to explore these, these things with an open mind and, and be open to criticism as well. Absolutely. But also be like, Hey, sometimes things that a lot of people might overlook might be the difference between thinking somebody is an evil bitch and somebody who is just hurt. And, and that's, that's what I'm trying to do here. Y'all that's all I'm trying to do. And I don't really have much more to say um, about that. Um, I, I will say that, I always felt sad, specifically after I read the books the first time. I don't think I came away with it or came away from them not feeling bad about Lysa. Like I, Lysa breaks my heart in so many ways. Like mm-hmm. I don't even know. And the way that, like, again, like I said, I can appreciate Kat. And Kat as a character, I'm more endeared to just because I spend more time with her. Um, but Lysa is something that's very, very close to me in my heart just because it's not something that I can personally say as a character that I personally identify with, but just her story is so tragically sad. And like, she's one of those examples of women that I do actually, I guess maybe in a way I do kind of identify with it because there's so many, uh, there's so many stories in which, and this is not to say that this is not the case for some people. So please don't, you know, um, think that I'm making this into uh, every person that has trauma happens to them has to react in every single a, a specific type of way. But there are lots of stories in which, you know, the downtrodden tend to be sad more than angry mm-hmm. about things or like had the adversity come through and it's, it's a positive push or something like that, which is always great. I, I wish that that were the case for a lot of people. But then there are some people who are very broken down by it. And then there are some people that are very angry. I understand that. Um, Lysa, I think, is a mix of two. I think she's angry, but I don't think she knows how to harness it. And I don't think she wants to be angry, which is why it's so easy for Bayless to come in and try to pretend that he's making her happy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people that like to hold on to that anger. We ain't there yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's some people like Kat who don't even recognize that it's there. 
and has a little bit of both, which there's that tragic, but there's also that that fire and that anger. Like she is not happy that this is happening to her no. kids, which is why she takes action. Um, and which is why I think her and her sister clash because they both are dealing with it in very different ways. Kat's first instinct after staying with her son after that, when she realized she could do something was to go out and do. Lysa's was to retreat because mm-hmm. Lysa doesn't feel as though she has power. And again, it probably does go back to birth order and, you know, the treatment of them by mm-hmm. Hoster. And we will get into their relationship with Hoster and how that has shaped them as women. And okay. uh, yeah, I'm rambling now, but that's where we at. No. Next week, uh, we got Danny. So yeah, next week, we're back with back with little Dan Dan. Well, Daenerys. Yeah. A so, woman grown. No. She said it. I thought she said nearly. No. The age majority is like 16. I guess it's not the same as SOS. I don't know. She's having a baby. No, she said she's pregnant. She's a woman. She says she was 14. Oh. We're not. We're not. I'm doing just saying, that. these ladies have trauma. <laughs> of course. That poor baby girl. Oof. Anyway, Anyway. (laughs) next week, we'll be back. Um, As always, just want to remind people, if they like what they heard, you can go ahead and subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcasting apps. Uh, We would always love to hear your feedback and comments and criticism. Tell us what you think. Or jokes. If y'all got jokes. If you have jokes. I love jokes. I prefer them. Yeah. (laughs) Just hit us up. And you can do so via our email at themaidenvaultpod at gmail.com. Or you can go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at maidenvaultpod. It's been another wonderful week. I'm glad we're still doing this. I am too. I really am. It's it's fun and it's it's a cathartic exercise. It is. Try to get the the poison out. And that's all we can do. I guess. I have no idea what that means, Baelish. We'll catch y'all next week. We will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. See you. Bye.